Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Oh, and away we go. A Thursday for the Canadian Brew House. Go check them out tonight for their great menu, their drink specials, and you get to watch CFL football for real for the first time in 2023. Tonight, just after 7 o'clock on the Sports Network, TSN, it's the Calgary Stampeders entertaining the British Columbia Lions. Oh, baby. Can't wait. Sometimes it feels like it's been a long time, and sometimes the season just ended yesterday. That's how it feels to me, Zinger. Battle of two teams with brand new unis. Good point. Yeah. Got the gray fog uh, uniforms. Although Calgary's not really new, but the face mask is new. They've tinkered a little bit with it. So I'll stand by my statement. And those are two good unis, too, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they are. I I like like both those unis. I like them. I actually like the Stampeders helmets more than I actually like the popcorn look, but I don't mind it. I don't don't mind that at all. I actually wish the Stamps would go back. Remember when they had those gray pants? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't mind the great. A little pants. before my time, but I like to consider myself a bit of a sports historian. Oh, you are a nerd when it comes <laughs> to that stuff. So, yeah, uh, that's going to be great tonight. Who do you got tonight? Uh, I think, I actually think the BC Lions Me are going to win. I, I think by it. a touchdown. Yeah, yeah Me they're going to win, I think. I think so, too. Um, I also think Dane Evans is going to... Be the quarterback he's tonight? Gonna get, he's going to get some playing time tonight. tonight? Yeah. think so? Yeah. Because Adams gets injured or sucks? I don't know the scenario. I just feel like he's going to be out there. At well, some you and point. I will look at that later here. We're going to look at some of the stats here coming up a little later on in the show. Riders' offensive line still in a state of flux. We're going to hear from Coach Craig Dickinson. Looks like it's a pec injury, pec strain for uh, Philip Blake, and so the 37-year-old offensive lineman probably not going to play in Week One. Hmm. They're um, they've got the Traymon Shorts at right. Uh, tackle and left tackle. They've got Brian Council. Uh, the guards are uh, Evan Johnson and P, um, uh, Logan Furland. And then the centers, Peter Godber, Logan Bandy, a backup. I don't have the depth chart in front of me, but that's just how I see it. So, uh, position of mystery last year that was in a state of flux, gave up 77 sacks, is a uh, position of mystery this year, too, going into week one. It's a little unsettling. No, it's not, it's not ideal, man. <laughs> Woo. I saw the news today of uh, on the on the bright side, some junior players joined yep. the, the Saskatchewan yep. Rough Riders roster. Riley, cool. Riley Schick signed. Who else signed there? Isaiah Woodley. Yeah. And the other one is escaping my mind. Max uh, Parkinson. Yes. Mar- Max Parkinson, defensive lineman, offensive lineman Riley Schick, and wide receiver Isaiah Woodley. I believe Woodley's the guy from Boston, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he is, yep. Boston kid. So, uh, I think he, he wore 17, number yep, 17. Yep. With finished the fourth in the PFC with uh, 573 yards. Is named a 2022 PFC All-Star. They've always had a good relationship with the Regina Thunder, with Scott McCauley's team. Jeremy O'Day, the vice president of football operations and general manager, his son, Plays for the Thunder, yep. so uh, there's a little tie in there too. Yeah, that is that is good. Uh, elsewhere in the world of sports, what can we say? Well, uh, Alex DeBrinket, who came over to the Ottawa Senators last year, uh, kind of wanted to get his way out of Ottawa. He's uh, put a ten-team trade list together for the Sens to move him out. The Minnesota Vikings are going to release. Dalvin Cook. Oh, thank goodness. We won't have to play him two times a year. Not sure where he's going to go. I heard Dolphins or Broncos, maybe. Jets were interested, too, for a time. Um, The uh, 
Frank Clark is uh, going to the Broncos. I'm glad you brought up the Broncos. The defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs is uh, staying in the AFC West. He's going over there. Toronto Blue Jays will look to win the series. Win the series with the Houston Astros tonight. They won 3-2 yesterday. Alejandro Kirk hit a uh, 7th inning single that scored the winning run. 8 solid innings from Chris Bassett as the Jays beat the Astros. You were at uh, Curry Field. I didn't even put, and it's my bad, I didn't even put the sports like I put the sports together Reddit this morning. I didn't even bother looking at the Red Sox score. I didn't even think you guys made it the five innings out there in North. I live in White City and it was storming. I thought there's no way they made it five innings, but you guys did make it five yeah, innings and won two nothing. Yeah, it was top of the sixth, I believe, when the monsoon came in. So, so the, we, uh, we two, officially got the win. Two nothing uh, win. Tell us about the uh, home run there. Oh, that was a beautiful. Minty? Minty? That was yeah. That was. Uh, 343 down the left field. Would that line. have been out at Rogers Center? Oh, yeah, it would have been. It would have been out in the majority, if not pretty much all the major league so ballparks. So, what, what, what happened there? Actually, it hit off the left fielder's glove. Who was that one ball player years ago? It hit off the. Oh, it was a. Uh, Conseco. Conseco. Yeah, that, that's what it reminded me of. That bounced off the left fielder's glove, then it hopped up over the fence. It was amazing. Really? Stefanos. Really? Our, our catcher. Yeah. Just, just ripped it. Yeah. Really? I, it, it it really carried though. Like off, when it came off the bat, I thought it was going to be kind of like a more of a lazy foul ball. Then it just kept on carrying, carrying, and soon enough, the left fielder was on the warning track, and then it bounced off his glove, and it went over the fence, and then voila! What does a, what does a public address announcer do when there's a home run? Does he does he hoot, hoot and holler? Or no, does he nothing, do, nothing. You don't do nothing. Nothing. No. There's nothing, eh? Nope. Nope. That's that's weird, isn't it? But that's the that way it is. That is kind of weird, isn't it? You know, you did the ne- the next words that you say after a home run is you announce the next batter, maybe with a little more juice. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of weird. That is an intri- uh, uh, a little intricacy for baseball. Hey, yeah. hey, we've got the. I think we've got it. Although I can tell you, I haven't watched. I I literally, as a proud Canadian, have not watched five seconds of the Stanley Cup final. I haven't watched no. five seconds. Why would you? Why would you? Why so Florida's taking on Vegas tonight in Miami or Sunrise, and they're down two games to none. They got to win tonight or she is all over. How about the Joker yesterday? Nikola Jokic. He had 32, 21, and 10. 32 points, 21 boards, 10 rebounds. That's the first time anybody's gone for a 30, 20, and 10 in the NBA final, and the Nuggets whipped the Heat 109-94. Like the Nuggets are the better team. I hope they win. He was asked about it after the game, and he kind of like scoffed at it. He really? was asked about, "Hey, you just made some NBA history. How do you feel?" He's like, I, "I don't really, I don't really feel much about that." In uh, his like accent, I was like, "Yes, we're going to hear uh, on this show from uh, from Mr. Uh, Brian Council, the left tackle of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We're going to hear from Micah Tights, who is back playing football for the Rough Riders. Missed all of last year with that growing hip type of situation." And uh, we're also going to uh, hear from another Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Oh, Jamal Morrow going to join us as well. He'll be in the backfield or coming out of the backfield, which I think is going to be big for the Rough Riders. Jamal, as Matt Dunnigan said in our show, and I think he's right, Frankie Hickson and Jamal Morrow have to be studs coming out of the backfield catching the ball. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, I know I always bring it back to my team, but when I've got a guy who's got a high football IQ at quarterback, doesn't move that well like a Phillip Rivers type deal. Or like, uh, let's use a CFL, like a Ricky Ray. He would use 
Um, oh, who's the big dude that um, uh, Wilder? He dump it out to Wilder or whatever. Uh, uh, Rivers would use like Sproles or uh, Danny Woodhead and those guys out of the backfield. That's what Trevor Harris needs to do. So quarterback's we'll, best friend when your O line is not up to especially par. especially when there's a ball out quick. Especially yeah, and especially when their teams are playing zone defense or whatever. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting because. You have to be able to catch the ball as a running yep, back in the Canadian you do. football league. You absolutely league. do. You absolutely you do. do okay, when we come back, we're going to try to catch up maybe with Coach Craig Dickinson on the other side of the break. We will have a rider guest. we got lots on the go, including um, Glenn Suter, who will stop by two Anarash Madani after four live from the NBA final. Uh, that in uh, Miami. You are listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Should also mention, Zinger, there's a little thing called the RBC Canadian Open down east, and Corey Connors leads. He shot a uh, opening round 67, so he left the course as the leader. He's tied with the lead with, I think, three other guys right now, five under. Yeah, just uh, looking at the board right now, you're absolutely right, five under. Aaron Ray and Justin Lower. Um, and then at uh, minus four, it is uh, Mark Hubbard. And yeah, those are some of the names at the RBC Canadian Open. All right. Um, so we, we got our reporter, uh, Blaine Wyland, to go down and talk to a bunch of different guys. Uh, it was an open locker room. We will, we, we're told we should listen to the the council interview first because he was kind of getting teased that he should talk in third person through the first part of the interview. So we'll listen back to that before we air it. But do we have Coach Dickinson ready to go? I think that's where we'll go first. Coach Craig Dickinson on, uh, well, a bunch of goings on, headed to uh, week one in Edmonton. And we got good reps. So anytime we do that, Brett, I'm happy. So we'll look at the film. There were some mistakes, certainly, but came out of it healthy, and, and there's lots to learn from. Speaking of healthy, how's Linnaeus doing? Uh, not ideal. <laughs> I mean, the injury report will come out later today, but he... Uh, He's not. Uh, he's not expected to play. I'll just leave it. How uh, how serious is the Philip Lake injury? Um, not sure just yet. It's a pec strain, as far as we know for now. But we'll know more later in the week. Do you expect him to play this week? Or yeah, not? we'll see. That's probably 50-50. Do you feel like the excitement building towards the regular season opener here? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely. Um, you can tell the guys are looking forward to it. I mean, we had a great camp, but they're excited to play play games now, and we're into the regular season, so it's fun. What's it like going against a Chris Jones defense? You've done it a few times now. It's, you yeah, said you expect some yeah. unique looks from them. You know, Jones is a good football coach, and I think expect the unexpected when you're going against Chris. So I think having a well-rounded package and, and just doing what you do is the best way to play. You've been on his staff before. We always say year two Chris Jones teams seem to always just take a big step. What is it about those teams that year well, two just yeah, things play? Because he always brings in so many new players, and uh, year two is when they get it. So usually year two is a good year for the second year player because the first year it's a little bit big and it's new, but if you can get them to year two, they usually make uh, huge improvements. So I think that's part of the reason. What can you say about your year two guys? Because you mentioned that at same, camp, same yeah, thing. same. It's 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 a common uh, theme. If you can get a guy, a talented player, get him to year two, you usually see a, a big jump in growth. Who have you seen the most growth in your year two guys? Oh, boy, that's tough to say. Emilis has been good. Um, again, it's. You're going to put me on the spot for seeing who our year two guys are. 
uh, A.J. Allen, it's year three for him, but kind of year two because he went back. It basically, any of those young guys, Fry's had a good camp. And so if you can get them back for that year two, that second year, Amari Henderson, another example, they usually they usually get it. What about Jaden Dalkey? Jaden Dalkey, yeah. another good name. Yeah. How much progression has he shown over the last 13 months? Oh, a lot, a lot. He was good for us last year, but now you can see he's, he's taking the next step on defense. That kind of the expectation is mm -hmm. the next step? Mm-hmm. Yeah, year two, like I said, they sh if they're good athletes and they love football, you're going to see a big big improvement year two. What did you see in Dalkey that really made him worth uh, elevating? Physicality. Physicality. He loved football and he loved to hit. So anytime you see a guy that's flying around the field, hitting people, making plays, you know he's going to be a pretty good player. How would you describe the degree to which his role will increase and his responsibility will increase? I'm not sure it'll increase a ton, Rob, but he's going to be counted on more. We're going to count on him to play multiple positions, free, Will at times, Sam at times. So, uh, yeah, he's going to, his role will increase. The expectation is whoever's out there make plays and, and do your job. Just talking about your opponent, uh, can you talk about the challenges facing a quarterback like Cornelius? He had a lot yeah. of success yeah. uh, last year, particularly super, with his legs. Super athletic, tough, uh, does a great job of spilling the pocket and making plays with his feet. Uh, good player. It's his year two also, so you're going to see you're going to see an improved player, I bet, from him. It'll be a tough challenge. Our defense knows they got their hands full. Is Mason Klein the primary backup for this team? We don't have a primary backup. Fair. He's a backup. <laughs> Is, uh, what's like to see Colin Kelly out here, his first day out here? Good to see him. Yeah, good to see him out here and hopefully get his legs under him. And We're expecting him to help us out this year. He's missing the first two games due to a suspension, but he did play in the XFL, so some recent game action. You think that will help him? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the nice thing of, of I think you only get better at football by playing football. So I think the action will do only, only good things. Uh, and he's healthy for the most part. He feels good. So, yeah, we're excited to have him. We've got to wait a couple of weeks, but we'll eventually get him. What's your read on Adam Corsak now that you've had? I think he's a good player. He's got a lot of shots in the bag. Um, them Australians, they, they, they come out of the womb kicking the ball. So he's done it a long time, and he's he's good at what he does. I remember when he signed, and even when he was drafted, you talked a bit about the kind of adjustment he was going to face. Mm -hmm. How has that evolved, and how is he doing? Yeah, he's working on his, his spiral ball, the one that turns over, and he's gotten better at it. Um, but that's the adjustment with the Aussies, is can they consistently turn the ball over? And I think Adam's showing he can do it. So not very good news. Lenius looks like he's... Um... He's in trouble with his back. At least that's kind of the indication I got from Coach. I don't know how bad it is. And Philip Blake has a pec strain, and he's 50-50. So that doesn't sound very good for the first, especially against an Edmonton team that's fired up and an Edmonton football team that will come with some exotic looks, I'm pretty sure, for the Rough Riders on that offensive line. Yeah, it's not ideal, but like we've been talking about, at least we have a quarterback that can get the ball out quickly, and at least we have a couple good running backs. We have good receivers, so I think it's a, you know, I think for a game or two, you can kind of work around those offensive line problems. It's not something that I think is sustainable, though, going throughout the season, but I think maybe the Riders can sneak by with one game or two with uh, those injuries up front and whatnot and with Lenius, but it's like I said, it's not sustainable through 18 games. Council, uh, Brandon Council, left tackle, uh, offensive lineman from um, from uh, Auburn, born in Tar Heel, North uh, Carolina, 6'4", 328, so he's got the size. 
Uh, we'll see what he can do. The other side is Traymon Shorts. Of course, uh, Lofton's been in the mix rotating too. And like I said, you got Godber, Johnson, and on the uh, right side, Furland. Logan Furland, who uh, Luke said he's looking for a uh, Big bust year. out year from him. Yeah, so Kean Schaefer Baker obviously out. Godfrey and Yek has a torn peck. He's out. Kari Vedvik has a quad pull or some sort of hip issue. He's out. They say hip. Uh, Braden Lenius lower back. Philip Blake chest. Colin Kelly. Uh, they say illness, but he did practice. He's going to be on the suspended. Mm-hmm. List because of uh, substance abuse uh, suspension for two weeks. Jawan Breskison limited because of his shoulder. That's been his biggest thing is availability. Is the last three years have been his problem. That's too bad, huh? Week it is one, he's on the list already. Well, he's on the list, but he was practicing. But that that is um, it's concerning. Yeah, Derek Moncrief with the shoulder still, and Shea Patterson with an ankle uh, tweak. But he did was a full participant in practice once again. That is your injury I'm re- report. I'm really interested to see what they're going to be doing with these quarterbacks when it, when they release mm-hmm. the depth chart. You know, like mm-hmm. how many are they going to be dressing? How many? Who's going to be one? Who's going to or who's going to be two? Who's going to be three? I think Mason uh, finds number two. Yeah. I, I honestly believe Mason finds two. Jake Dolagala will either get injured, because I think Shea Patterson's your third down specialist if his ankle holds up. Mm. That's what I think. But we'll find out. I have no idea. I'm I'm like you in the dark, like the rest of uh, everybody else till we get closer to game time. When we come back, we are going to, uh, well, we're going to have a little a Train with Tish segment. She's back with a fresh um, update from the health and fitness file here in the sports cage. We'll get to more of your rider talk, and we'll talk about Week one in the CFL, the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders kick it off tonight at McMahon Stadium. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. 29 sports ticker time. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have signed three territorial juniors from the Regina Thunder to the team's practice roster. Defense alignment Max Parkinson, offense alignment Riley Chick, and wide receiver Isaiah Whitley. So big congratulations, congratulations rather, to those three gentlemen. And, well, the Regina Red Sox, they are hoping to play some baseball tonight, but we just heard in that weather forecast that there is a thunderstorm warning. Uh, system in the area, but as of right now, the game is a go. 7.05 p.m. opening pitch tonight from Curry Field with the Moose Jaw Miller Express in town. Game three of the Stanley Cup final goes tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights in Florida to take on the Panthers. The Panthers, they need to win this one. Down two games to the Golden Knights. 6 p.m. puck drop, Saskatchewan time. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. All right, she's back for another installment of Train with Tish, Tish Duffy. And you can follow her on all her social media outlets. Uh, Train with Tish is the handle. Welcome back. Hey, um, I was sitting on the bus with the Rough Riders quarterback, uh, and he was talking about how he's 37, which is not old, but it's getting older for a football player, and how he's got into more stretching and, and that type of stuff, and how... Uh, you know, how with stretching and how focusing on different things and lifting weights in a different way, he doesn't necessarily have to go as heavy to get the results he wants. And I'm a, I'm a 50 year old guy. I consider myself kind of muscly, but I, I always skip the stretching. I mostly always have a, I found it boring, but, uh, you know, just following what you're saying online here, it's not the way to go. You were talking about how you, you if you do only have 45 minutes 
stretching is the thing that goes. And I was exactly this, the same way. I'm almost 49, so we're the same age. And I was the exact same up until about a year and a half ago when my body just started kind of, you know, falling apart, my lower back, sciatic issues, my knees, um, just, just to the point where I no longer could uh, lift properly. I could, be, I could barely even walk properly. So I was getting discouraged. Um, and I was not as empathetic to my clients until then as well. You know, a lot of them, um, I train a lot of women. And so I would hear, in my opinion, excuses as to why they weren't, you know, lifting or missing workouts and did these aches and pains. And I, I was never really empathetic to it until I, in fact, started going through it, um, it as well. So I actually hired a therapist slash trainer. And he really set me straight. It was a huge experience and something that really actually made a huge impact on the way I approach uh, my training my clients at any age. So this is something that absolutely, if you are fit and active and skipping workouts in your early 20s, it really should be something that is part of the workout. And I cannot stress that enough. If your muscles are not uh, fluid and lucid and and have got some flexibility, uh, eventually it absolutely will come back and haunt you. And I think it, it comes back to haunt people in, in different stages in their life. Uh, we were lucky. It didn't hit us until we were later, uh, like, you know, in our like, approaching 50. Mm. Uh, and for you, it sounds like you're still doing pretty good. But I promise you, um, if you don't, even, even if you commit to five to 10 minutes, I say, I call it meaningful movement first thing in the morning. So instead of incorporating it into the workout, uh, because I'm the same, I, I don't have a ton of time. The very first thing I do is just get up, go down, um, and focus on 10 minutes of just mindful movement. And I tell you, it has absolutely changed the way I feel. I'm now lifting heavier than ever, and it literally has just been a change in 10 minutes every single day. It's a good way to put it. Uh, one last question for you, okay? And by the way, folks, you can follow more things like this in depth on her uh, social media, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter at Train with Tish. Um, how do I put this? Okay, so suppose you've never been a big stretcher like me. You're in your 50s. Is, is there a point where it's, you know, where that's really not going to have much of a, a you know, positive uh factor in how you go uh, going forward in the gym? That's a really good question. Um, I think that, you know, if you're not flexible to improve flexibility, it really is a huge mountain to climb. I, I want to be a realist. Um, but I would use my husband as an example. He suffered uh, for with sciatica for almost uh, a full year to the point where I basically had to do everything around the house. It was an awful experience. Um, and he was always uh, inflexible. Uh, never could touch his toes. I could, I, I, you know, as a trainer, I would watch him move and get out of bed and, you know, look like an old man. And he's six years younger than me. Um, and same thing with him. You know, I should have learned from watching him go through it a couple of years prior. He uh, started the stretching. He actually kind of got me going into it a little bit. I wasn't as focused as him. And he has improved his flexibility. Is he, you know, doing backbends uh, <laughs> in the backyard? No. Uh, but he certainly is able to move his body much more usefully uh, since improving. So I, I'm not going to, like, sugarcoat it and say, yeah, you're, you can start moving and doing backbends like you did in your when you were 10 years old. But um, if you do commit to even five to 10 minutes, but you have to do it consistently, it has to be done almost 
every single day. And the reason why I say that is when I miss a day, because I'm human, uh, my body reminds me that I've missed just that mm. one day. Mm. So um, first thing in the morning, mindful movement, I really, really try to encourage people to do just something simple. Um, and uh, reaping the rewards of it has been absolutely incredible for, for everyone that I train, including myself. This is a fun segment, Train with Tish, and very insightful too. Like I said, check her out on all her social media handles by that same handle, Train with Tish. Thanks, Tish Duffy. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Michael. Have a great day. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. CFL week number one gets going tonight. Game number one, the BC Lions at the Calgary Stampeders. Seven o'clock kickoff at Old McMahon Stadium. Right now, the uh, Stamps are two and a half point favorites on home turf. I like the BC Lions here. Like, um, I like them. It's fifty. The, the over under is fifty and a half. Do you think we'll get over fifty? Mm, like fifty one? No. Week one, usually the offenses are. So I, I take a lot of unders in this game if I'm a, if I was a betting man, but that's just me. Okay, so I'm gonna go. I, I agree with you. I think the BC Lions win twenty six twenty. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can get on board with that twenty six twenty. I don't really see. I guess the Stamps their favorite because they're the home team, but yeah. I don't really. I don't. How about really this see man? It. How about this man? Vernon Adams over under two hundred forty seven and a half yards passing. Under. Under. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jake Mayer, over or under 260.5 yards passing? Under. I do, too, because I think Calgary has um, a great running game with Kadeem Carey, even though he's a backup because of the goofy uh, mm-hmm. uh, roster situation. So I, I do agree with that. I think Vernon goes over because yep. because their running backs aren't that good. Mm. They're unproven in, in BC. Um, how about this? Vernon Adams passing touchdowns over 1.5? I'm going to go over. Yeah, I think you'll yep. get two. Yep. Yeah, I do too. I'll go over. How about Jake Mayer? Same thing. No, I'll go over. I agree. Yep. I agree there. I just don't see a lot of yards being uh, thrown for uh, week one for some reason. It's usually, more times than not, it's kind of like that, you know? So we're looking at this. We're looking at the West. It's Winnipeg's till everybody knocks them off, right? So Winnipeg's the best team. I think they're not going to be as dominant as they were last year when they were, what, 15-3? and three? Mm-hmm. So... I could see him winning 12 games, 12 and 6. I think last week I said 11 or 12. Yeah. Uh, I do think the BC Lions finish second, but take a step back a bit. Like, I don't think they're going to win 12 games. They'll be like, I'd say probably 10 games. Hmm. Maybe 11. I got the. Whew, I would have put the Riders at third, but. I, I think it's going to be a lot like every other year when. Teams are just neck and neck. There's going to be a couple 10-win teams. There's I got to go Riders. I got to go Riders the, finish third. The first place team is probably going to have like 11 wins. Who's got the best Who's got the best goalie? You pick that in hockey generally, right? The Riders have the second best quarterback in the West, if not in the league right now. TSN would concur with all their panelists for the top 50. So if that's the case, uh, I got the Riders third. 
Third place, yeah, huh? Yeah, third. Although I'm concerned now this week one. With everything on the go here. I know. It's not going to be a pushover game. Well, it's going to be tough. Uh, Edmonton hasn't won a game at home since October. I, I knew 2019. Ex- yeah, I, I knew the exact date. Though, I mean, of course, we had COVID in there. They haven't won in two full calendar I'm pretty years. sure they were the Eskimos the last time they won at yeah. Commonwealth. Yeah, they have. Yeah, no, that, never, that for sure is the truth. They've never won as the Elks. In Edmonton, can you believe that? That for sure is the truth. <laughs> oh, dude, you have no idea. I remember back in the day when we, uh, when we would go into Edmonton, the riders, we because I was a rider fan. Mm-hmm. You just, you just knew you were going to lose. Well, even in the late you were going to win. Early 2000s, when you went into Commonwealth to face Ricky Ray and the boys, yeah. you know yeah. Jason Tucker, yeah, Ed Hervey, Mike Pringle. So, so, so here we go. Game we go, over. This first week. This first week. Um, you're 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 uh, a rider guy. You'll be you'll be subjected to listening to our broadcast, so you'll be in the control room here. But take that game out of it. Which game are you most intrigued to watch? In week if, one, yeah. Uh, for some reason, I'm I'm really intrigued to see Ottawa Montreal. Really? Yeah. Do you know why? Bob Bob Dice, Bob, Cody Fajardo. Bob Dice and Co- I want to see how Fajardo does with the new team. I don't even know. Like, let's look that up. I don't even. I'm not. Uh, listen, I'm. It's Saturday at five o'clock. I'm embarrassed one. to say this. I'm embarrassed to say this. I don't even know who the hell Montreal's receivers are. Like, who is he throwing it to? He had uh, Ellingson, but I don't think Ellingson's playing in the game. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I'm looking right now. That's that's pretty sad. In a nine-team league, you couldn't tell me, but you could tell me every NFL receiver. That's bad. Um, okay, Keyshawn Abram. Um, no idea what that guy is. <laughs> Regis Sebas uh, Sibasu. Mm, yep. Sounds good. Greg Ellingson is out. Jake Hardy. Well, we know Jake Hardy. Kayon Julian Grant. Pretty good Canadian receiver. Austin Mack. Hergie Mayala. All right, so not a very good Tyson, receiving Tyson core. Philpott. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. He's Cole Spiker. Mm-hmm. Chandler Worthy, who doesn't really get on the field to do that. That's a tough, that's a rough That's, that's rough. rough. So, there. I mean, uh, when you go to judge Cody Fajardo, you also got to judge who he's getting the ball out to. Yeah, but This still, is a William Standback offense. Let's not be honest. Let's but, be honest with you here. Yeah, but you, you can't. You can judge his throws. If a guy's wide open and he underthrows him like we've seen in the past, I'm, I'm going to judge that, of course. It's not the receiver's fault. So there, over, are, over, there okay. are little things here's you can a good judge. One. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. I don't know if this is a prop bet. Over, under... Over under two quarters, Jason Moss blows a gasket. <laughs> uh, probably under. If I'm a be- if, yeah, if I were to lay down a twenty, probably an under. Uh, if the question was over under Gatorade bottle on the turf, uh, I would probably go with the same thing. I'm sorry, I'm looking at this Montreal roster. Yeah, they suck. I don't see how they're not the worst team in the East. No, they, I think we've all predicted that they're going to be last. Well, some of these books say the Riders will have the worst record in the entire CFL. Well, that's just goofy. I can't see if, that. If you line up the Al's roster with the Riders, it's not even. It's so, not really so, close. So, so you got Montreal as the worst. Like Ottawa should be improved. I don't know if that's enough to get a playoff spot. No, they're going to be better than Montreal. So, what will Chad Kelly do this year? Uh. That's very really interesting. That is know. an interesting. That's an interesting one. I, by the way, if you haven't seen that Kelly piece with him and his uncle Jim that Dave Naylor did, uh, highly recommend it. You can find it on Naylor's I think uh, Twitter gonna, account. I think he's going to be pretty good. 
You know, think so? I They've think got so. a good team. They've got a good team around. I think he's going to be pretty good, good enough to finish in first. They're going to be challenging Hamilton, just like every other. See, year. the one I'm looking forward to this week, besides our Ryder game, obviously, is the uh, Hamilton. Yeah, it's going to be a Winnipeg good one. game Friday night. F- Friday night, Friday night. Yeah, and they, that's good. <laughs> that's like actually that better than the music they use now. Yeah, they got to bring that one back, though. Huh? I miss that. Don't you oh, like? Yeah. It was down, a, you could never get away with that down, now because down, you know how many down, people. Down. You know how many people would be crying. And whining and moaning and offended if we had used the slogan, our balls are bigger. We need to go back to that. We're just telling the truth. Our balls are are bigger. bigger. They are. Well, I talked to uh, Kendall Watson about that in training camp. They are. He's like, he he snickered, but he goes... They're girthier. We have bigger, rounder balls. Yeah, we do. Just facts. It is facts. And actually, when the ball, if it comes off the quarterback's hand, the if the ball jiggles a bit, it's harder to catch. Like mm-hmm. the NFL ball is um, is a little bit thinner, like it's narrower, yep. right? Longer. So it's easier to catch. It's harder to catch when the ball's kind of yep. fluttering and it's a CFL ball. The one Because our balls are bigger. Our balls are bigger. And the one thing I like about the Canadian Football League ball is it's way easier to tell when it's a tight spiral due to the white yeah. lines on the ball. You, yeah. can, you could just tell right away when it's... Yeah. Phew, I yeah, like NFL sometimes. It's yeah. kind of hard to. Yeah, you're like, that's a great pass, and yeah. it really wasn't yeah. a great pass. Unless they do the, uh, yeah. the close in zoom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of NFL, is Josh Allen going to be cursed now that he's on the Madden cover? First time ever a Bill's been on the Madden cover, and the first time ever a fan base has been featured on the cover because there's fans on the cover. Yeah, apparently I was looking at that cover, and if you zoom in on Josh Allen's mask. Yeah. It has a weird bar that shouldn't be there. Like, it was really bad editing before they posted oh, that okay. cover. So <laughs> they better fix that. But okay. to answer the question, I don't know. I don't really. I used to believe in the Madden curse. I don't think it's really a thing anymore. Do you know why I don't think it's a thing anymore? Because the video game itself sucks now. I haven't. Compared to what it used to be. I haven't bought it. I can't. The one I'm waiting for is the NCAA college Me one. Me too. That you one. know we're both going to be playing the North, oh, North yeah. Dakota Fighting Hawks. Hey, they, they used to be in... in yeah, they NC, That's what I mean. They, they, yeah, they used they to have, have the FCS they, they teams. They have the F, FCS teams, and that means one Ethan Ball will be on it. You'll yep. think I'll be playing that. Yeah. Damn right. I'll be, it, it was I'm going to be Ethan Ball as a little guy, and I'll be able to say, no, 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 no. This is wrong. They don't even have them playing in the RMF. And that game was supposed to be released this summer, but it yeah. got pushed back till next year. So we got to wait another to year. To next year? Yeah, it's not coming out this summer. Or no, can you believe that? They better get it out next year. My kid's gonna be gone. I know he has one one last chance for romance. To well, be he's in got a video well, game. he's got three years left. I could keep him there. I'd tell him, listen, kid, just stay there one year so you could be on the video game. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> and then you could go, you could go in and put ball on the back of his jersey. Oh, you know, you I want to do that, Zinger. Yeah. That's what my whole life's about. I don't <laughs> care about if he plays pro ball or if he gets an education. I care that Ethan Ball is on the next round of the college football game. I'm just making sure that I'm right on this. Are you I'm, right on that? Don't jerk me around. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it You're out. Supposed to be my producer here. College. I know one thing. It's not NCAA football anymore. What's it called? It's called college game day or something. College, college. football. Oh yeah, uh, game. And uh, <laughs> that's not what it's called. <laughs> it's called. Hey, come play the college football game. Yeah. E, uh, EA Sports. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm reading an article from 2013. That oh, went, yeah, you know, yeah. Get back everyone. to me on this. It's, it's, it's coming back next year. <laughs> You're out to lunch. We'll go to break and be uh, back with hopefully something a little me. smarter. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Oh, gotta listen. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the sports cage on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. 936-6262. We got some open spots here. You want to talk some football? What do you think of the CFL season coming up? Who do you think is going to win tonight? How do you think the Riders shape up in the uh, CFL's West? Don't be scared to call in. We're going to be giving away some tickets too. Sastel picked a oh, score we do. back we, today, baby. Oh, we have that. Good to know. Good to know. Good thing we're on the same page before the show. That's right. 936-6262. The number to call locally, one 767 Zero six twenty. We're not picking the score just yet. You can always text that number two nine three six sixty two sixty two. Our text line is uh, powered by uh, the Capital Auto Group. We we probably shouldn't have a production meeting fifty one minutes into the show, but I get it. Sometimes, hey, sometimes you have to audible on the fly because you didn't really meet before. Um, all right, so. Um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders still trying to figure things out up front in the front five. Looks like Philip Blake is going to be 50-50 with a pec strain. Braden Lenius not looking like he's going to play in week one here because of a back injury, didn't uh, participate in practice. But one of the keys to the Rough Riders offense has got to be the running backs. Frankie Hickson, Jamal Morrow, they've got uh, some really good um, fullbacks too. Albert Awachi, Thomas Bertrand Hadong, and of course... Uh, Bruno LaBelle. But uh, J-Mo, last year, Jamal Morrow was the leading rusher and the leading kick returner. He was the all-purpose uh, yardage leader when he got hurt. I forget what week that was. And then Hickson went down and just everything went into the toilet. Just It was a bad year all the way around. So uh, Jamal Morrow hoping to get off onto a better footing here to start the year in Edmonton on Sunday. And uh, we caught up with him after practice. Well, Jamal, how do you feel? I guess as we are talking now, just a couple days from the first game, how do you feel after completing training camp and uh, on the edge of that first game? Oh, it's exciting. You know, it's like, it's, it's exciting. I mean, kind of, I mean, I've said this before, but, you know, last year left a sour taste in our mouth. So it's like a refreshing, you know, it's a clean slate. Week one, there's nothing better, you know, to going out there and playing against somebody else. And so we're excited, you know, to put, you know, to put a product on the field. And I think, you know, we're, we're expecting great success too. So, I mean, I just, I'm just excited to go. Is that feeling any different from any years past in terms of the excitement for that first game? I mean, in the, the, the first game was always going to be exciting, you know. Um, whether it's there's always going to be a reason to go out there, you know. Like I said, look, my last two years being on this team, it was like we got to the West Final, so now we're we're excited, you know. Let's get that next step. This year we had a bad season last year. Now it's time we're excited, you know, to to get back to you know where we we know the success we had. So I think you know that's just you know each and every year you're always going to find to have a reason. That you want to, that you want to, you know, get excited to play and play. So I think we do a great job of that, and we're set. We're ready to go. You did get back into the lineup the last two games of the season, but you're still in the situation. You want to get back to where you were at, kind of at the uh, first half mark of the season, kind of like late July and August when you were among the league leaders in uh, combined yards. Yeah, that's. I mean, I want to get. That's the you know the Jamal I want to get back to. You know, I believe you know there's, it's there. You know, it's just kind of you know they're staying healthy, and you know, like I said, we have a great group of guys out there, and um. 
I mean, that's just going to come, you know, once you take advantage of opportunities, you get the ball, you know. So, you know, if we, if we put ourselves in a position, you know, between me and Frankie and all the other playmakers we have on this offense, you know, I think, you know, we can do, you know, big things. So I'm just excited, you know, to, to go out there and play and, you know, and to get back to, you know, that level of success I had last year. Just get your thoughts about the competition at camp at running back. There was a lot of bodies there, a lot of uh, strong, uh, talented bodies there. Just your thoughts about uh, emerging from that competition onto the roster. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the competition is going to bring the best out of everybody, you know. And so, I mean, we had a lot of, you know, great running backs and great guys who had great camps. So, I mean, it, you know, it sucks to see those guys go. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is, you know, this is, you know, this is what football is, you know. And so, I mean, I believe we have, a, you know, a talented group from last year between me and Frankie. So, and, you know, we have Thomas in there, too. So, um, we, um, I'm excited, you know, it's, we have, you know, a great group of guys in our room. Coach Ball Duke's been great this whole season. So, we're just we're excited to go. And, you know, I'm excited to work with you know, a new coach, new offense. You know, let's get it. <laughs> just talk a little more about the new offense. Just how, how do you feel things are going along, especially with the new quarterback, Trevor Harris? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, he's a, he's a veteran. So, I mean, we have a really good camaraderie with the guys. So, everything's been on point with, with everything. And so, I think, you know, we continue just to build on, you know, the success we had during camp, the success we had during practice, and continue to build on that each and every day. I think that's what we need to do. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. He's been a great leader for us, too. So, I don't know if I said that or not, but, yeah. <laughs> do you like the fact you're starting the season off on the road against a divisional opponent against Edmonton? It don't matter where we start the season off. You know, whether it's here or somewhere else, the water, it don't matter where. We're ready to go, you know. And so, it doesn't matter. That doesn't, you know, whether it's here or there. We're going to go out there, you know, and play our best football. You know, it doesn't matter where we play at, and um, we're just excited to go. It don't matter, like I said, we don't, we don't care where we play. We're ready just to, you know, get to 5 o'clock on Sunday, kick off, and let's go. I guess is one advantage maybe possible on the road. You get to work on things like you don't have, obviously going to have to deal with the crowd noise, maybe looking on, working on signals maybe a little bit more and stuff like that, maybe silent counts and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, we're, we're, we're excited to go. Um, we can work on, you know, different new things and try new things. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not going to be affected by that. We're going to go out, you know, and play, you know, play our brand of football. And that's, you know, fast, physical, smart football. So whether it's home or away, it doesn't matter. We're going to, that's just our goal and our standard to, you know, to chase excellence every day and, you know, be great. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts about the other guys uh, that are along with the team, Frankie Hickson and Mario Alford. Just get your thoughts about how they've been looking through the first few weeks of camp and into the regular season now. Oh, they dogs. I mean, they are. They, you know, Rio is a returning, you know, special team player of the year. Frankie is a doll. He's been looking, you know, great during camp. So, I mean, I'm trying to keep up with Frankie. He's killing it, you know. So, I mean, I'm just excited for us to go out there, you know, and, and get, like I said, live bullets flying, make plays, and do what we do best. So, I'm excited, you know, everybody's itching, itching you know, to get out there. So, we'll be, it'll, it'll be a good thing. You know, it's, I'm excited. You think for your three, it's going to be a, a scenario where you're all going to get, like, catches, rushes, returns, something like that in terms of getting in touches with the ball? Yeah, I think we're going to do whatever whatever it takes, you know, to get to get a victory, you know. So, I mean, we're all playmakers. So, you know, when the, once, we, you know, the ball gets in our hand, we're going to take advantage of that and make plays. So, we're not really concerned about, you know, the, the amount. We just know, like, when the ball's in our hand, make a play. And that's just, that's just you know, that, that's point blank period. That's it. All right, thanks a lot, Jamal. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Jamal Morrow, number 25 for your Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the backfield along with Frankie Hicks. And I'd like to say starting tailback, but I don't know if that's what's going to happen with the way the depth charts gets maneuvered. I'm sure the rider coaches will do what the Stamps and the uh, BC Lions did in, in manipulating the uh, 
the uh, rosters, like for instance, Kadeem Carey is a backup, so basically he and Logan can be on the field together for 23 plays. I know that Winnipeg released their depth chart today, and I've just been too scared to take a look at it because I don't want to. I don't want to see any more. Freak of that. out, yeah. Well, nothing we can do about it. Whatever. I'm sure they'll fix it. Uh, Sometime I can't tell you when that time will be. Uh, it should make for an interesting chat with Arash Madani. He wants to talk CFL live from the NBA final in Denver because he is a CFL fan at heart. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brew House. Encouraging your text 936-6262 in town. Toll free out of town 1-866-767-0620. The number to call out of town. You're listening to the sports cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And the show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Uh, check out their great menu, all their drink specials over there at the Canadian Brew House. And of course, tonight you can watch CFL football. Week number one kicks off with Calgary entertaining. BC. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. By the way, Canada's Corey Connors tied for the early lead um, at the RBC Canadian Open, minus five when he finished, tied with the two others last I saw. This segment for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Arash Madani, there is a special place in hell, sports hell, for Jay Monahan. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he kept it all secret, Ballsy, doesn't that just... Like, just so many appearances of impropriety, you know? Like, what are you doing here, Jay? How are, how is your membership finding out on Twitter that you're merging with Liv? Yeah, well, it's listen, it's about the money. It was always about the money. It doesn't matter if it's Liv sure. or PGA. I just didn't like how he tried to draw the comparison with blood money, you know, uh, and then the 9-11. Like, come on, man. And then you ended up uh, doing this behind the scenes. If I was Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy or any of these guys, it turned out a big payday. Like, if I was Tiger Woods, I'd walk in and say, listen, I am not playing another PGA Tour event until this Monaghan guy's fired. Like, it, well, it, how, it, much, how much is Jay Monaghan walking away yeah. with? Exactly. Exactly. That's why I say this. I've always said this, and I will always say this. I am for the athlete. The athlete should get as much money as he can when he could get it, because there is no loyalty in sports anywhere. Period. Or business. And sport is business. Or business, and sport is business. The sports itself... Is great. The actual games are great to of watch. Course. To watch these the athletes. Purity of sport is long. Yes. Gone, yeah. Like the purity of sports is outstanding. It's the business side that is very, very dirty. Okay. Let's start with the uh, CFL because we both love the CFL. People would say Arash doesn't, but he does. He just points out things. So Arash. Arash, uh, Arash is in Miami tonight and looking up where CBS Sports Network's available so you can watch the game tonight. Yeah, it was nice to hear. That's how much. Arash dislikes the CFL. Yeah, it was, it was nice to have Jim Nance mention that when they were broadcasting golf. Thought that was pretty 
cool. And the the CFL should benefit from a little more exposure because ESPN, just by Jim McNance saying that, that's more than ESPN ever did before. So there you go. Um, but uh, just can you uh, can you give us your thoughts on the uh, mockery of this nationalized American player? I was trying to think of the best way to bring this up, Ballsy. And this is the problem. So I'm down here in Miami at the NBA Finals, and they're talking about rules changes. The competition committee met yesterday for the NBA. And one of the things they're talking about is adding an extra challenge for NBA coaches. So a reporter from the Associated Press asked Eric Spolstra before the game yesterday what his thoughts were on this. And Spolstra's like, oh, I hadn't heard that. He's like, let me think of the unintended consequences of this decision, of this rule change. Here's the issue. It feels like when the CFL competition committee gets together, when the beloved commissioner and all his cronies gather, they never seem to quite grasp what the unintended consequences of their decisions and their rule changes are. Mm-hmm. Case in point, this one. I think we're all for the idea of the you know the neutralized American or nationalized American, whatever you want to call it. You want to have players remain in markets. You want to build your stars. You want to do all those things. Great. Great. This is what you've come up with? Yeah. This? Do you think really? do you think this lasts the whole season? Can't. It can't. It's going to be an absolute disaster. Like it's hard enough. It was hard enough when you had the designated import on the yellow card that the referee would be handed by each team back in the day. And now you're going to have what five or six different designations. How can you keep track of what half the number of plays are going to be when nobody knows how many plays there are going to be? Well, I think they've decided now they're they've come up with 23 plays. 23 plays is what they've rounded it to. But here's my thing: like, are they going to have a sensor in the jerseys that keeps track? Because that would be the All only. Right. That's the only way you could do it. That's the only way that you could do it. Uh, and I've is like, it offensive snaps? Is it is it is it on special teams? Yeah. So here's the thing, too. Um, I was told that this was the this was the reason, or this was kind of the reason why this whole strike happened last year. And of course, they didn't yeah. have they didn't have to worry about it last year because it was only implemented this year. But uh, it's been reported in other circles that. The, the teams only found out about this, you know, got sat down about this on Monday of this week about this. And no, how- I don't think that was the case. There, were, there was rumblings I had heard at the CFL Combine, and basically football people, coaches and GMs, were like, what are they even doing? Like nobody could quite even explain the rule or understand the rule. And at that time, this is going back a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. There was talk that there would be upwards of a 15-yard or 25-yard penalty if this was not adhered to. Now, imagine the fourth quarter, that happening. Now, it doesn't sound like that that really gained a lot of legs. Ballsy, they're just making it up as they go along. They don't know what they're doing, and there's not a grasp of what the unintended consequences are of rule changes and decision-making. And until you're able to scenario map out everything, you better make sure your rule changes iron clad, iron tight. And this one is just 
somebody vomited all over the whiteboard and is trying to get somebody else to connect all the dots with it. Arash Madani uh, from Sportsnet joining us on Coast to Coast for Smart Investing Solutions. So let's talk some actual football for a change. Give yes, me, sir. Arash Madani, a hot take or two, a hot prediction for the 2023 season on the field this year that doesn't involve rules and snaps. Okay, football? You want to talk football? Yeah, football. Actual football. We spent the entire offseason talking about Bo Levi Mitchell. Right, and yeah. in Regina, everyone's excited about Trevor Harris. And in BC, they made the move, and now it's going to be Vernon Adams' team, etc. And in Toronto, they're going to wonder what's going on with Chad Kelly. Um, here's what I'm going to tell you. My hot take, dark horse pick for CFL MOP is Taylor Cornelius of your Edmonton Elks. Really? Wait a minute! Wait, wait a minute! Wait, wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Did you get a? Did you get a sunburn? Do you are you hallucinating? What? What? Hear me out on this. Well, I am. Well, so do you know what happened with Taylor Cornelius this past winter for the first time in his professional career? Uh, Previous CFL stops, XFL stops, etc. Arash signed up as his agent. Taylor Cornelius, <laughs> for the first time ever, did not have to get an off-season job at a landscaping company in Amarillo, Texas, just to pay the bills. Matt, that's, that's what Taylor Cornelius had to do when he was making next to no cash as, you know, an XFL quarterback or a backup quarterback or whatever. And instead, because he got himself a little bit of cake, he was able to go to San Diego where a pile of NFL quarterbacks or now NFL quarterbacks work out. And what, what was the biggest knock on Taylor Cornelius? It was about decision-making and how quick he could process and how quick he could pull the trigger on, on the football throwing it. Well, Chris Jones has talked about that being the biggest improvement for Cornelius. Here's a dude who knows he's the number one. He's got a little bit of confidence. He spent the offseason working with real quarterbacks and didn't need another job. Hmm. And just basically at the end of a long, hot day in landscaping in Amarillo, Texas, try and find a weight room of some kind. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, he's, he's under the radar. No one's talking about the Elks. It's all about what's going to happen in Calgary now that it's Jake's team. What's going to happen in Winnipeg with Zach? Um, can they make it three and four years? On and on and on. No one's talking about an under-the-radar Edmonton team, and if there's one thing we've learned about Chris Jones' team in the second half of the season, they're a different team than the first half. Just, just throwing it. That's an under-the-radar radar call that I bet not many people are following. All right, I, I'm not gonna. That's you made a you made a good argument. I will say this: this is the biggest game of the week, and it's not because I'm in a Saskatchewan market. We know what's going on in Regina, and we know what they're trying to get back in Edmonton. This is a huge first game. Like, uh, like I'm talking to say two teams are desperate in Week One might sound ridiculous, but I don't think it is in this case. Yeah, I think what a lot of this is, is <laughs> is about, I want to word this properly, it's about kind of diminishing the noise in the market. It's about really taking the air out of the pressure balloon around a Saskatchewan team where everyone's on the hot seat before the year has even started. Reynolds, O'Day, Dickinson. And, you know, there, there's a perceive, there's a belief out there that all is not well with 
the head coach and GM and the president of the team in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And sample sizes in football especially can be deceiving. If you start a season 3-0, and it, it, you have gained so much leash on your year. Whereas if you, if, you know, if you start 0-3, you are 0-2, the, the, the perception is that you're lousy and you're dreadful. And so it took how long for the Detroit Lions to really be taken seriously after, what was it, an 0-6, 1-6 start last year? Mm-hmm. Um, for two teams that have, you know, a lot of noise internally, a win Sunday can do wonders. Well, Arash, you're in Miami at the NBA final. Uh, life is rough for sure, but uh, you, you watched some history last night. What a performance by the Joker. By the Joker and by Jamal. Yeah. I mean, let, let's think about this. In the history of the NBA, two teammates have never had a 30-point triple-double. The Joker went 30, 20, and 10. 30-plus points, 20-plus rebounds, 10 assists. That's never happened in the NBA Finals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was really interesting. I've asked Jamal some questions the last couple of days. Well, you know what he said to me today? He said, this is not about X's and O's. He said, there is such a trust. There is such a, you know, there's an unspoken ability that we can read. We can finish each other's sentences. We know where we're going to be on the floor. We, we have a trust in each other that we're going to be in the same spot. He knows when I'm feeling it to feed me. He under, you know, I, he, and it's, and that's, that's what it takes to be a champion. That's what it takes to win. That's what it means to be a teammate, to be in a rhythm. You know, the Joker can can take one look at his running mate and know, you know what, I got to keep feeding him, or you know what, I'm just going to put the ball on the floor and do it myself mm-hmm. because he's he's not he's not quite there, and that's why he's the MVP. Yeah, because there isn't anything he can't do. No, he's unbelievable, and Murray's having a great uh, great uh, season in Denver. Hey, we're on we're, we ran out of time because we talked football and golf and a few other things. It's always great uh, talking with you. Enjoy your time in Miami, okay, bud. Thanks, bud. Happy CFL season to you and everybody out there. And yeah. have a, enjoy the call on Sunday. Yeah, Mel. thanks, man. It's Christmas in June. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Let's talk some baseball. The uh, Regina Red Sox won. Beat Swift Kern yesterday 2-0 before the skies opened up again. Trying to squeeze in another game today against the Moose Jaw Miller Express. Kay Zinger, you're the public address announcer for the Red Sox. Introduce Michael Zinter. For now me. batting for the Red Sox, number 19, Michael Zinter. Now introduce his dad for me, please. Now on the 620 CKRM Airwaves, the former hitting coach of the Cincinnati Reds, Alan Zinter. Welcome to the show, Alan. I appreciate it. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Good, man. Good. You're in town watching your son. First off, your impressions of Regina, the Curry Field, and and uh, watching this caliber of baseball. Oh, this is it's exciting for me. Uh, you know, I, I haven't had too much time in the in the past just because I've always been away with, with you know coaching baseball. It's nice to have an opportunity this year to be able to spend some time and, and actually go and see some games and enjoy my family. So 
this is really cool. It, it takes me back to my first years in pro ball, back in the days of Pittsfield and St. Lucie and, and the, the uh, not the Pioneer League, but the, the New York Pin League. There's, it's got some it's got some good vibes to it. So, um, can you watch the game as just Alan Zinter, the dad, or do you watch it as Alan Zinter, a coach? Uh, it's when I'm watching my son. It's it's really weird. I, I get these. Uh, I get nervous. So I, I don't think I can watch it like a hitting coach. I get like like just watching it. My hands get all sweaty and it's <laughs> nerve wracking. So it's really tough. It's really a strange feeling because he's the only person that, um, that gets me to feel that way. That's good, man. That's that's how it should be. I'm glad to hear Dad speak like that. Now, while you're in town, are you helping out in terms of uh, you know giving some tips? You've been at the highest level as a batting coach. I'm sure you can impart some wisdom to these to Michael's teammates and Michael himself. Uh, yeah, I haven't really had time to sit down uh, with the guys at all. Um, right today, right now, will probably be the first opportunity I get. I'm here. You can hear the music in the background. I just walked onto the field. They're going to start batting practice here, so they invited me out here to stand, stand around the cage and kind of uh, be in a familiar spot and kind of just uh, soak it all in. And you know, I'm not going to you know throw anything out at the guys unless you know I see something that you know I, I got to try to find because I haven't built any relationships with these guys. But yeah, obviously, if there's something that I can you know share and, and you know help them to be able to look at something in a different light i'll definitely do that but i just want to be around uh, for that opportunity alan zinter joining us here former uh, major league baseball hitting coach last with the cincinnati reds his son michael playing for your regina red sox I'll only keep you for a couple more minutes because uh, uh your time might be more valuable to them than with me i say that with all due respect um okay so when you're a hitting coach okay how much of that is part counselor it's almost uh, well, definitely during the game. It's almost all 100% counselor and uh, just keeping those guys uh, in the right uh, mind instead of and mindset. You know, there's a time and moment for for mechanics. There's a time and moment for all that. But in the moment, in the heat of the battle on the field, it's like you got to get these guys. Uh, you know, trying to get to their best mindset and in the, in the way they respond and compete. And it's very easy because uh, the hitter's mind is very fragile. And this game is, as you guys know, it's full of failure. And it's one of the probably the, the biggest thing for young athletes is to learn how to actually learn how to embrace the failure and be able to, to respond and, and not react to what just happened uh, prior to that moment. So, uh, yeah, that's the fun of it is, is getting in and walking through the fire with these guys on a daily basis and having like 35 to 40 at-bats a, a game. Uh, you're 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 you know really in tune to each pitch and knowing where every player is uh, in that moment in his career and it, what's amazing is that, you know in all the years that I've been coaching and it's just been you know a great journey is like you can't get all nine guys in the lineup hot at one time it's amazing <laughs> there's always a couple guys that are just not feeling it or it looks like it's gonna get hot and all of a sudden the guys that were hot all of a sudden go cold. It's crazy yeah that is interesting and you're right the game is built around failure anytime like if you if you you know you go to bat 10 times if you hit it 3.5 times you know you know 350 330 you're an all-star so you're right it is that there's seven other times you're not hitting it and putting it in place so you're right it is based kind of around failure and you got to be able to deal with that so with that in mind alan zinter you got a couple of basic principles either mentally or physically that you would teach your hitters that that there's some ground rules when you're teaching them yeah, I mean, what you know, the, the things you know, if you want to get on the physical side of it, you know, when you look at 
hitting and you know right now it's you know with all the social media out there everybody's trying to find oh this is the the, the one way to hit and this is the i found the the the, the ticket you know you know I, I don't believe that i think hitting is 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 so there's so many ways to get to it and everybody learns it a different way and there's so many the bodies are so different on each person and it's individual but with that all said when you look at good hitters throughout the game of you know, the history of the game uh they all tend to do some of the very similar things within the pre-swing within the swing and and, and the way they approach uh the game so yeah, there are things that we've simplified, and you know, one of them on the physical side is uh, timing, learning how to take what you bring to the table and, and move and dance with the pitcher's delivery, so that you can move your body on time, so that you can put your position, you know, yourself in a position at the launch position. We call it the launch position. That's where, like, no matter where you start or how you start, all good hitters tend to get in this one position, you know, with an athletic base, their hands back, and that the barrel cocked over their head at some point. And then it's uh, being able to, to, when they take their best swing, is being able to have, uh, I call it direction, but it's basically being able to, to take that violent move, move to and through the baseball with direction and balance. Um, most players that aren't, they don't understand timing, then they're going to be inconsistent with different pitchers. If uh, they don't constantly get to that right, strongest, their strongest position, they're not going to be able to take their best swing. So teaching these kids that there are areas, you know, no matter how you start, if we get on time, we can get to these positions, which will allow us to take our best swing. And then on, on top of all that, you need a mindset that's going to allow yourself to, like, be able to get good pitches ahead and learn how to command ABs. And that's the fun part of it. And and lastly, Alan, a guy who was just with the Cincinnati Reds, what was it like working with Joey Votto? We want to know that. Yeah, he's a, a, an interesting bird. He's uh, obviously one of the better hitters in our generation. And it's really cool because he just, you know, the way his mind works, you know, second to none. Um, he just doesn't have that simple way. He seems to have able to like put it through a formula that just fits numbers out and formulas. And you can actually see this little invisible, invisible formulas over his head. It's amazing. But uh, he's so meticulous uh, in his craft. So it's really cool to see how serious he still is in what everything he does. But you know, the one thing he does really good is he's always gotten a good pitch to hit. He's had a, a great eye. Um, and it was amazing, uh, not last year, but the year before, to see him have that come, like kind of a comeback year and just put up like 37 home runs. And it was just there was nobody better in, in the game there for about two or three weeks. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's, he's yeah, it was it was a pleasure to be able to, to be able to say he was on the team and helping us out. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on. We're sorry we got our signals crossed yesterday. Enjoy uh, being uh, Father Alan Zinter tonight, watching your son Michael Zinter and the Regina Red Sox. Thanks for your time. Enjoy the rest of your time in Regina, okay? All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Alan Zinter, uh, former Major League Baseball player, and also uh, he was a hitting coach with the Astros, the Padres, and the Reds. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Where professional service is guaranteed, they will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. Stanley Cup Final Game 3 tonight. Vegas Golden Knights in Florida. And those Knights have a 2 to nothing series lead. So it's a must-win scenario for the Florida Panthers tonight. 6 p.m. puck drops Saskatchewan time. The Regina Red Sox getting set to take on the Moose Jaw Miller Express tonight at the friendly confines of Curry Field. 7.05 p.m. opening pitch. 
Good friends over there at Kevin's Marine in Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Capel or online at kevinsmarine.com. The CFL season kicks off tonight in Calgary with the BC Lions visiting the Calgary Stampeders. And I had a chance to catch up with the color commentator and former BC Lions quarterback, Julio Caravata, to talk about how the Lions are dealing with the Jonathan Kongbo situation. Kongbo was the guy they brought in and released Sean Lemon in the process. But Kongo wasn't a great fit. He's been dealt to Hamilton. Well, you know I mean? It's, you know I me. Mean, hey, listen. I, I tell you, I, I was shocked as as everybody when I heard when I saw it, um, and from what I've been told, um, this was it was you know, in 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 defense of the Lions, Jonathan Congo came halfway through training camp, and you know he 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 got you know he's he was getting reps, but this was the first game action in preseason that he got, and apparently you know I mean it was one of those scenarios where, you know he he'd made some a few mistakes and. Not that that has anything to do with it. You know, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. But I think that they were, I think they expressed to him, because the Lions carry, I think on their depth chart this week, they're going to have nine defensive linemen. So they, there is a, is a rotation there. And I think he was, it was told to him that he wasn't going to be the starter. And I don't think that, you know, he, he was, you know, obviously very upset about that. He, I don't think that um, he expected it. And, and they were just like, listen, it's not like it's this is a permanent issue. It's just that, we're going to rotate and we're going to get you, you know, get you in, in game shape and get you going. And um, so you can be, you know, you can be, you know, our starter down the road here. And he did, it just didn't sit well with him. And apparently there was a yelling match and he, he was very upset about that, that whole concept and wanted to be traded. So, it, and I think for Neil McAvoy, for, for, you know, when, when I talked to Neil and to Rick, um, they're, they're, the thing is, they just didn't want to have someone disgruntled and unhappy with their role, right? They're really keen on this whole, on the whole chemistry of the team, and they want the, they want all the pieces to fit. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty Six Twenty CKRM. Coming up, we've got. An interview we had with Micah Tights. But first, let's get to some of your texts at 936-6262, powered by the Capital Auto Group. From Leonard, hey, Sean, I love your falsetto voice. <laughs> what were you singing there again? I forgot. Uh, what were we singing it? earlier, show? What were we singing? Uh, that's a good question. I sing so much. Oh, I forgot what you were singing there. Anyway. Oh. Friday night for Friday night. That's right. That's tomorrow. Winnipeg yeah. Hamilton. But it, what's the Thursday song? It used to be that stupid one by the Recklaws. Recklaws, uh, yeah. It used to be. Yeah. It's not that. It, yeah, what one is that? It's stupid. Something like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're not very good. Stop. <laughs> got this from Connie and Cook's Creek. Hey, guys, got to think that this was more manipulation by the league leadership whose intentions were to do away with Canadians in the first place. I'm sure this was not how the Players Association interpreted this new rule with the roster. I'm appalled that no one... I'm appalled but not surprised that some leadership would manipulate and try to screw our league. For all those new... 
For all these new uh, designations and manipulations show the league has discussed amongst themselves how to circumvent what we were told when it was first signed. An American can come in for 49% of the plays for a player he was replacing. Connie and Cook's Creek is mad there. I just think it's not going to be user-friendly for the fan, right? Like a, a fan tuning in. A casual fan is going to be like, what is this all about? Uh, but I don't think many people are going to really pay much attention to it. I care because I don't want to see Canadians get jerked around. That's the honest to God truth. All right. Can I have the mic? It's Thursday night football. Okay. Yep. It's Thursday night football. Yeah, go ahead. And, well, it's third and one from the gun underneath those Thursday night lights singing long live the night it's a song coming on one that everyone knows it's a pass it's a run it's a see where it goes it's the guys and the girls under those stadium lights okay stop it stop it okay singing long live the night I'm gonna tell you something right now okay you did it better than I could do it but that's the problem how many of those guys on that field or that field or that field Listen to that kind of music. We're yeah. trying to get a younger audience. Let's let's like let's jazz it up a little bit, okay? Can be country, but jazz it up a little bit. Not that. Not all that, the so. beers in the years oh, kind of fly on by. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. This comes from Ryan in Lloyd Minster. He said, "Riders thirty six, Elks twelve, all field goals for the Elks." <laughs> That's not M- MOP quality, Taylor Cornelius. Then yeah. is it? What do you think of that, Arash saying that? I can. It's a long shot. It's a shot. In the it dark, is a long shot. It is a I, shot. I, in the I, dark. See, I see what he's. I see where he's coming. He from. He looked better at the end of the year. Like when he came in here and they they dealt a death blow to the Rough Riders playoff chances, and he could run around a little bit too. Yeah, and he's got Eugene Lewis. He's got a couple good Stephen receivers. Stephen Dunbar, yeah, Math, so. uh, uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr., Kyron Moore, Manny uh, Arsenault. He's got some guys. He's got some guys, okay. He's like, got a couple of good running backs, he, Shannon Brooks and Kevin White, may, Kevin Brown. Just maybe take some take something off the fastball on those screens, maybe. Sometimes he just rifles the ball like point-blank range, I've noticed. But, uh, hey, I'm just a stupid board operator. I don't know what I'm talking about. You yeah, know? you do. You know what you're talking about. It's a battle of two... Uh, I was going to say it's a battle of two good jerseys. I like the Riders... Uh, yeah, I probably like the Riders whites than I, better than I like their green combination. Not a big green on green guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Elks, uh, since they went back to the EE. Mm-hmm. By the way, can we settle this? Is it the Elks or is it Elk? Officially, it's the Elks, but it shouldn't be. No, it should be the Elk because there's a bunch of Elk in the field, not a bunch of Elks in the field. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I don't know. Anyway. Hey. I've noticed a few times you calling them the elk, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I like the way that sounds. I know. I know. Anyway, so here we go. Uh, Micah Tights yeah. is back playing football for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders after missing all of last season. That's one of the guys I'm really looking forward to seeing. Had a couple of nice plays against the BC Lions in spot duty. Uh, you know, pass knockdown for one. Uh, we caught up with uh, Micah Tights. I joined Micah Tights, and uh, Micah, just get your thoughts about now, I guess, uh, two days into practice in terms of the regular season. How are things feeling for yourself? Good. They feel good for me. Uh, everyone's looking you know, good out there. We're flying around, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, looking good. All the pieces are coming together. Just want to get your thoughts about you know playing that game against Winnipeg. How good was it to feel to get some football contact and make a tackle, You know, get yourself back into the swing of things? Yeah, it's awesome. Any, any practice you can have before the... You know, the full uh, swing of things is uh, it's always uh, much appreciated, much needed. So, yeah, it was just good to, uh, you know, come out with the win, and uh, we played well when we were out there. 
I know you're a popular person at the beginning of training camp, you know, getting an update on yourself. But, you know, after a month in training camp, how are you feeling in terms of the injury coming back this year? Good, good. You know, everything's gone um, just according to plan so far. Uh, you know, I got to do a little bit more maintenance than I did in the past and uh, take care of myself a bit more. But, uh, you know, just as we keep on moving forward, I feel like I'll be getting stronger as the season goes on. Does it this week feel like, you know, your official comeback, you know, your official return back into the lineup? Or, you know, did, did that game against Winnipeg feel like, you know, your first return to the lineup? Oh, I'm back. But, I mean, this is the first uh, first official game, so I'll, I'll take this as my uh, my first one back. Was, uh, you know, getting contact for the first time, you know, back as a lineup, was that kind of like a mental barrier, you know, getting like first, uh, you know, getting back into the, you know, football collision, uh, feeling the pads again? Was that kind of a mental barrier when you're getting back into the lineup? Yeah, it's uh, always something. But, it, you know, it's I've been doing this since I've been, you know, about 12 years old. So it, it all comes back. It's like riding a bike. And, uh, you know, it's a little different when it's uh, live reps and people are flying around. But, uh, yeah, no, it's just, uh, like I said, every rep, I uh, just keep on trying to improve. Obviously, you're very linked with uh, Larry Dean. Just talk about the relationship you two have, especially the fact you're both uh, in situations. Last year, he came back from the injury, and this year, this year, it's yourself coming back from the injury. Yeah, that's my partner right there. I mean, uh, we do good work out there. We're just looking to, you know, put on a good show for everybody on the on Sunday. And uh, yeah, it's just nice to have someone uh, that I can relate to in the injury aspect of things. And then now that we're both healthy, we uh, we're li really looking forward to seeing the the product. How much of that chemistry was built during last year in 2022 when you were out? But still, you guys were uh, still, I imagine, spending a lot of time together. Yeah, for sure. We always uh, spent some time together, and uh, it's nice. We, we have a really uh, tight group of linebackers. We meet all the time together in the mornings and after practice. So, you know, it's uh, we're getting a good cohesive unit. Coach Melvin uh, has done a great job uh, just working with all of us, so we're looking forward to it. Was last year's situation, he kind of turned to you a little bit. Uh, I know he's an experienced linebacker, but he was playing the Will linebacker a lot last year. Did he turn to a lot to you to ask, you know, your your take on things? For sure, yeah. We always be bouncing ideas off each other. He has, you know, strengths. Um, they're a bit better at mine at the Will. I got strengths as well. So, you know, we always look to just bounce information off each other and, uh, yeah, just uh, try to build, e build both of e each other up. Did that injury last year come out of maybe a frustrating, frustrating point for yourself? Did you feel like you're ready for another breakthrough season after the season you had in 2021? Yeah, I was. I mean, I made uh, I made my peace with missing the whole year, and I, you know, I don't want to look too too far back at that one. But uh, you know, it just um, it delayed this one, this season coming up. So I'm looking forward to this one. With the veteran-laden defense that you guys have coming back here this season, do you guys feel like you guys can really get off to that fast start uh, with, you know, not too many turnover with uh, the stars on defense? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think we got a strong group. That's you know everybody's been around each other for some period of time. There's not uh, really too many completely new new faces out there. So just everybody knowing a bit about each other how it goes a long way, and then how we play that goes a long way as well. Just want to get your thoughts about maybe a guy like uh, C.J. Rivas who might have to step in for Derek Moncrief, yeah. even though he's uh, a little bit lighter on experience than some of the guys, but he still has experience. That must yeah. help for a, a replacement like that. Mm -hmm. No, C.J.'s a great player, and uh, we got uh, all the confidence in him. And uh, you know, we don't uh, we don't we don't think we'll notice too much of a drop off uh, with C.J. in there. So he's been doing a great job, and we're looking. To, I'm look, me and Larry are looking to play with him on uh, Sunday. You like the fact that you're starting the, the the divisional game. It's a divisional game to start the season yeah. on the road against a team like Edmonton. Yeah, it's uh, all the games in the West are big. They're all tough. This year, I think compared to the past years I've been here, where I got a West heavy start to the season. So those ones are critically, critically important uh, to get up at the top of the West so that we can, you know, get into the middle to the end of the year uh, at the number one spot.
Anything that has a little bit of desperation for this game, even though it's just week one, the fact that this is both teams that uh, missed the postseason last year. For sure, we're both going to be hungry to get that first win, knock the monkey off our backs, and you know just uh, continue to you know, just make progress for the season and uh, do our thing. And now we're just, as we're talking on the eve of the start of the regular season, you got any goals for yourself for this year? Yeah, I got lots of, I got lots of goals. I'll keep, I'll keep them to myself and that's what we do. But we, we all got goal sheets. We write them down. Um, all of our teammates know what our goals are and stuff like that. So we're trying to hold each other accountable to achieve those goals this year. I'll just ask, is one of them maybe 18 games? 18 games, that's always uh, goal number one. And uh, that, that's the uh, number one priority right now. All right, thanks a lot, Micah. Yeah, thank you. Is Micah Tights, number 43, as he's back from his injury last year and ready to go and can't wait to see what the former Calgary Dino can do. We'll talk some golf with Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs, still taking your texts at 936-6262. Any CFL fans out there listening, you can text or you can call us. We can chat some CFL football, too. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Pretty good start to the uh, RBC Canadian Open there for Corey Connors. He minus five is what he shot, and that put him in a three-way tie for first. And, of course, the big golf story, PGA and Liv combining, which has a lot of people upset including me. I think that Jay Monahan, the PGA commissioner, is a joke. There's a special place in sports hell for that guy, the way he was talking about blood money and comparing it to 9-11. Total and complete idiot. If I was Tiger Woods, I'd march right into that office and say, I'm not stepping a foot on a golf course unless this clown's gone. But you can still love the game of golf. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to believe in everybody has a price. And everybody does have a price. I'd have a price, too. I'm not going to sit here and say I wouldn't. But uh, there are some good prices out at Flowing Springs. Let's talk to Brian Raymond there. Brian, did you expect that merger? That kind of came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere, but you know what? I mean, there's a lot of animosity about this whole thing, but do you remember the World Hockey Association and the NHL? They hated each other, yeah. and they ended up merging. I, it was probably a little more, a little more uh, anticipated than this, but uh, money talks. Yeah, money does talk. Uh, let's talk about money and the fact you can get some good deals over there at Flowing Springs to enjoy some beautiful weather. I, I bet you the course is greened up. We, get, we have heat, then we have, like, rain and then we have heat, so it's probably looking pretty good. The course looks fantastic. It's lush, actually. And, uh, you know, with this heat, after all that moisture, yeah, the grass is literally jumping out of the ground. Right now, we're just on the front nine because we had a little bit of flooding. That rain has to go somewhere, and it ended up in the creek. But, you know, we still have some great specials here at the golf course. Um, Every day after 6 o'clock, the course is our famous nighttime walk the golf course for $19. Every day after 3 o'clock, it's $35 to come out and play. And, uh, of course, Mondays and Wednesdays, keep this in mind, if you're a senior or a lady, only only $32 to come out and play the golf course. And if you're a non-senior, $42. Still a good deal instead of our regular 55 And, of course, if you're stressed out, you just need to get out. And you don't really, you're not trying to look to hit a pin. You just want to smoke the ball. You can go out and do that in your driving range, right? Absolutely. We have a fantastic driving range. No mats. It's all grass. It's huge. We can we can support probably about 30 or 40 people on that driving range at any given time. So it's, uh, it's been popular, and it uh, it's great. Lots of target greens, and uh, we even have a putting green down here by the clubhouse. Oh, nice. Okay, so how do they get a hold of you? All you have to do is give us a call at 543-5050. And, of course, you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. Thanks very much, Brian Raymond. Have yourself a, a great weekend, okay? 
Yes, sir. You too. Take care. That is Brian Raymond at Flowing Springs. All right, Zinger, time to pick the score. Here's what happens. Call in 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. You pick the score for the game on Sunday between the Riders and the Edmonton Elks, and you automatically win two tickets to the Riders' home opener against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Daddy's night out. Dad's night out. It's Father's Day weekend. Don't forget about Dad. That's right. It's coming up next weekend. Maybe you can win the tickets and give it to Dad. How about you do that? Mm-hmm. Or take Dad. Um, and then whoever is closest to the uh, score of the game, and we pick you, you'll get a $200 gift card from Sastel, and you'll be in it to win it for a sweet experience for you and three others at the Rough Rider uh at a rider game next uh, season in 2024. So we are looking for caller number 43 since we just heard from Micah Tights. That's his number in case you didn't know. But if you're a rider fan calling in, you probably knew that. Caller 43, what is the score going to be? I have riders 28, Edmonton 24. What do you got? Uh, I have your Saskatchewan Rough Riders winning the football game. Did you fall asleep? 23 to 17. 23 17. So you got him at a 40 spot. I got him at 52. My head hurts now. I yeah. saw into the future there. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Can you pick some lottery numbers for us? Yeah, let's do that. All right, 936 62 62. In town, toll free, out of town, 1-866-767-0620 at Tell. Pick the score. Coming up after 5 o'clock, we'll hear once again from your coach, Craig Dickinson. Um, we may get to uh, Jamal Morrow once again. We're also going to hear from Glenn Suter before 6 o'clock. He's in BC tonight for the Week 1 contest between the He's in Calgary tonight for the Week 1 contest between the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. This is the Sports Cage on this Thursday for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Hi, and welcome to the show. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. You can get a hold of us, 936-6262, the number to text or call locally, and 1-866-767-0620. We have given away our Pick the Score tickets. Uh, who won that, our Zinger? Brent Eckert of Regina. Okay, and what score did he pick? 3128 Elks. What score did he pick? 3128. Four? Elks. Didn't you hear me? He's from where? Edmonton? Regina. His name's what? Brent Eckert. 3128 Elks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we gave him the tickets to the Ryder game? <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> Whose decision was that? Uh, mine. Uh, well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess. Hey, we didn't say you had to pick riders. So he's going to the game, uh, Edmonton or Saskatchewan and Winnipeg next week for Father's Day. Uh, nice outside. Is he going to wear a Bombers jersey to the game? No. Anyway, I have his number. Do you want? To, let's call. I him. might call. Let's, I might, call, let's I might, just call this guy and pick his brain. I might call him and pick his brain. Stop the malarkey here. What is he doing? <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's got two tickets to the game, and if he's closest to the score for the week, he'll get a two hundred dollar gift card from Sastel. And if he gets that, then he's in to win a sweet experience next year. He and three of his friends, not to an Elks game, but to a Riders game here. Yeah, Brent. Sweet. Yeah, Brent Eckert. Yeah. Yeah. 
We're talking an S-U-I-T-E experience, not an S-W-E-T experience. S-W-E-E-T experience yeah. is what you meant to say. And here's, the, and here's the thing, <laughs> Brent Eckert. My head hurts. Brent Eckert. Where see, are you? If you see Brent Eckert anywhere, you shame him. He picked the Elks over the Riders. What's your address, Brent? <laughs> we can't give that out on here. Anyway, uh, we're going to get to Coach Craig Dickinson in a minute. Uh, I wanted to get a couple of the sports stories we never really touched on too much. Here's one from Julian Edelman, the former NFL receiver, talking about uh, turf and grass, because there's a big debate about going all grass in the um, NFL. I tore my ACL on crappy turf in Detroit, which was absolutely ridiculous, he said. Um, With turf, there's nowhere for the energy to disperse, so when you cut, everything is going straight into your knee and ankle. When you're a younger player, it's awesome because you can cheat a cut. You can cut off your inside foot and make the cut, uh, cut. whereas on grass, you slip, but there's no give. When you get to be about 27 or 28 years of age, you go out and you have to practice on a turf field and your back locks up, your knees get hurt for the next three days, your ankles are sore for the for, uh, for three days, there's just nowhere for the energy to go but through your body. Uh, and these are full-grown men who are cutting on this. And he said it's all about money. It's all about money. They're trying to cut costs. Um just before I let you jump in here, Lionel Messi has agreed. He's turned down like he turned down like one point six billion dollars to go to um like to 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 Barcelona or something, wasn't it? Mm, well he was he was with Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. He said he turned down Barcelona, made the decision to go to Miami, one it, but they offered him like uh shares in Apple and Adidas. Yeah. As part of his deal. And enter Miami now, their Instagram over like twenty four hours already has more followers than like half of NF, half of the NFL teams. That's how much of a following this guy has. Wow. It's crazy, huh? It is crazy, man. Make no mistake, soccer's the biggest sport in the world. Mm-hmm. Hey, Wayne's on the phone. Let's go to the uh, Western Pete's hotline. Say hi to Wayne. Go ahead, Wayne. Hey, Michael. How are you? Doing great, Wayne. What's up, man? Well, this is uh, Wayne Boris. I know Brad Eckert, and I think he fell on his head. He's a neighbor, kind of a neighbor of mine, about half a block away from me. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm gonna check him out and see what the heck is up with that. He's either drunk or he's got heat stroke or something, Wayne. Like, go you go there and you slap him for me, okay? He may have heat stroke. He rides his bike a lot. Okay, so. what do you think, Wayne? Are we gonna win or what? Actually, I do. I, I do think we're gonna win. I mean, I'm not on drugs or <laughs> heat stroke or anything <laughs> like that. You know? Yeah. Do you? Uh, do you? Um, do you? Uh, what are your thoughts on the season, though? How do you think we'll do? We're going to do very well. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be between second and third. I hate to say. I'd like to think higher, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen in here. The Riders not getting off to a great start. Their left tackle, uh, they had three guys they wanted. None of them are going to be playing here. Uh, Blake is hurt. He oh. he may he may have jumped out to left tackle. He's fifty fifty. Lenius isn't going to play. But you're good. You get injuries, right? Injuries happen in football, whether it's week one or week ten. Yes. I think yes. our I think our quarterback gives us a, a pretty good chance. Our quarterbacks, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, I I really think we have a solid team here now, finally. Do you go to the games, Wayne? I go to about half the games or so. Good, man. Well, I hope uh, I hope on Sunday when you're watching TSN, you'll sync it up and then have our broadcast on because we know everything about the Riders. 
For sure, for sure. Thanks, Wayne. Go, sure. go say hi to Eckert. Make him take you to the game so you can teach him what team to cheer for. Yeah. I will check. I'm sure he's got some bruises to the head or something. <laughs> okay, take care, Wayne. Thanks, man. Okay, we'll see you, Mike. Appreciate Bye. it. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I officially have the thing I was talking about with uh, Lionel Messi. Inter Milan, or sorry, Inter Miami has gained 4.2 million Instagram followers in the last 24 hours mm-hmm. and now has more followers than any NFL, MLB, NHL, or MLS team. All because of one guy. Just because of one guy. He is worth the price of admission. Ma- Inter Miami has more followers than, than, the any, Dolphins. than any of those teams the in Dolphins. any league. Like. Than the Yankees. Than Who anything. cares about Inter-Miami? It's just because of this guy. It's yeah, crazy. That's what I don't like about soccer, too. It's got to be Inter-Miami. Yeah. Inter-Miami. Or, or something city. Yeah, something or United. City. Yeah, United or <laughs> FC. or like, Come on. Get out of here. Yeah, but anyways, and he can't... Listen, and he's, he's coming to the States. His name's Lionel. Yeah. Lionel. <laughs> Come on, Lionel. Come on, Lionel. Come on back. Kick that ball, Lionel. Hey, he's going to be coming to... Va- That'll be pretty cool. He's coming he, to Vancouver. He's coming to Canada, Vancouver, Montreal, nah, Toronto. Just cool your jets. Cool your mm, jets. Do you want to okay? go to a game with me? No, 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 no. I'd rather <laughs> sit... Do you want to go see Lionel? No, I'd rather, I'd rather sit in Lionel the dentist chair. <laughs> but I will tell you this. He is coming to MLS. Not... Tw- not 19-year-old Lionel Messi, not 25-year-old Lionel Messi, not 30-year-old Lionel Messi. He's 35-year-old Lionel Messi, so just cool your jets. Well, he is coming with a World Cup championship yeah, ring okay. on and his he, And he looked good. He looked good. I, hey, he got me to watch soccer. I was cheering for him. I would still rather poke my eye out with a fork than watch a soccer game. (laughs) But I'd rather watch a soccer game than an NBA basketball game. Wow. And I'd rather watch an NBA basketball game than the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. By the way, why haven't we heard anything about the TV ratings in the NHL? We always hear how crappy the CFLs didn't look too good. I haven't seen one article about the NHL ratings in Canada. Because they don't want you to know that. I'll tell you why. It's because yeah. these leagues, they have all the money in the world. They don't care about TV ratings. Uh, the, reason well, why, gotta, the, gotta, the reason why it's under a microscope up here in the Canadian Football League is because it means something. We're a gate-driven ever, league, and we don't have a lot of money. So, yes, ratings are going to mean more to do your, the CFL. Do, your, do, your, uh, do, your, um, do you have a Rogers phone? No. Well, good because uh, you're 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 probably going to see a spike in your fees. I mean, look how much they spent on the on the broadcast, the NHL broadcasts. Mm-hmm. You can bet. Yeah, they can spin it all they want. Oh, look at all the Canadians on the Vegas Golden Knights. Nobody gives a crap about the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. I don't I, I'm going to agree with you on this part. I don't like when someone tells you you should cheer for this team because they have the most Canadians. I don't care what nationality these players are yeah. on these teams. I see the logo on the front of the jersey means more than the name on the back. That's the way I look at no, it. No it doesn't. Look at Messi. He, that's a prime example of where the name on the back of the jersey means anything. Wow. Means everything. <clears throat> Inter-Miami, hey? Inter-Miami. Like, what, do they play at an intersection? What does Inter-Miami mean? They've been around for, I think, this is their second season. (laughs) Second season, and they have more more followers than 
the Green Bay Packers. They get more fans than the Florida Panthers and Miami Marlins, too. Anyway, we won't hear. Let's roll. Let's roll Coach Dickinson right now. Let's enter in to a new segment with Dickie. And we got good reps. So anytime we do that, Brett, I'm happy. So we'll look at the film. There were some mistakes, certainly, but came out of it healthy. And and there's lots to learn from. Speaking of healthy, how's Linnaeus doing? Uh, not ideal. <laughs> I mean, the injury report will come out later today, but he uh, he's not uh, he's not expected to play. I'll just leave it. How uh, how serious is the Philip Lake injury? Um, not sure just yet. It's a pec strain as far as we know for now, but we'll know more later in the week. Do you expect him to play this week? Yeah, we'll see. That's probably 50-50. Do you feel like the excitement building towards the regular season opener here? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Um, you can tell the guys are looking forward to it. I mean, we had a great camp, but they're excited to play play games now, and we're into the regular season, so it's fun. What's it like going against a Chris Jones defense? You've done it a few times now. It's, yeah, you said you expect some yeah. unique looks from them. You know, Jones is a good football coach, and I think expect the unexpected when you're going against Chris. So I think having a well-rounded package and, and just doing what you do is the best way to coach. You've been on his staff before. We always say year two Chris Jones' team seem to always just take a big step. What is it about those teams that year well, two just yeah, things play? Because he always brings in so many new players, and uh, year two is when they get it. So usually year two is a good year for the second-year player because the first year it's a little bit big and it's new. But if you can get them to year two, they usually make uh, huge improvements. So I think that's part of the reason. What can you say about your year two, guys? Because you mentioned that at same, camp, same yeah, thing. same. It's 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 a common uh, theme. If you can get a guy, a talented player, get him to year two, you usually see a, a big jump in growth. Who have you seen the most growth in your year two guys? Oh, boy, that's tough to say. Emelis has been good. Um, again, it's you're gonna put me on the spot for seeing who our year two guys are. Uh, A.J. Allen, it's year three for him, but kind of year two because he went back. Basically, any of those young guys, Fry's had a good camp. and So if you can get them back for that year two, that second year, Amari Henderson, another example, they usually they usually get it. What about Jaden Dahlke? Jaden Dahlke, yeah. another good name. Yeah. How much progression has he shown over the last 13 years? Oh, a lot, a lot. He was good for us last year, but now you can see he's, he's taking the next step on defense. That kind of the expectation is mm-hmm. the next step? Mm-hmm. Yeah, year two, like I said, they sh- if they're good athletes and they love football, you're going to see a big big improvement year two. What did you see in Dalkey that really made him worth uh, elevating? Physicality. Physicality. He loved football and he loved to hit. So anytime you see a guy that's flying around the field, hitting people, making plays, you know he's going to be a pretty good player. How would you describe the degree to which his role will increase and his responsibility will increase? I'm not sure it'll increase a ton, Rob, but he's going to be counted on more. We're going to count on him to play multiple positions, free, Will at times, Sam at times. So, uh, yeah, he's going to, his role will increase. The expectation is whoever's out there, make plays and, and do your job. Just talking about your opponent, uh, can you talk about the challenges facing a quarterback like Cornelius? He had a lot yeah. of success yeah. last year, super, with his legs. Super athletic, tough, uh, does a great job of spilling the pocket and making plays with his feet. Uh, good player. It's his year two also, so you're going to see you're going to see an improved player, I bet, from him. It'll be a tough challenge. Our defense knows they got their hands full. Is Mason Fine the primary backup for this team? We don't have a primary backup. Fair. He's a backup. <laughs> Is, uh, what's like to see Colin Kelly out here, his first day out here? Good to see him. Yeah, good to see him out here and hopefully get his legs under him. And We're expecting him to help us out this year. He's but missing the first two games due to a suspension, but he did play in the XFL, so some recent game action. you think that will help him? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the nice thing of, of – 
I think you only get better at football by playing football. So I think the action will do only, only good things. Uh, and he's healthy for the most part. He feels good. So, yeah, we're excited to have him. We've got to wait a couple weeks, but we'll eventually get him. What's your read on Adam Corsak now that you've had? I think he's a good time. player. Got a lot of shots in the bag. Um, them Australians, they, they, they come out of the womb kicking the ball. So he's done it a long time, and he's... He's good at what he does. I remember when he signed and even when he was drafted, you talked a bit about the kind of adjustment he was going to face. Mm -hmm. How has that evolved and how's he doing? Yeah, he's working on his, his spiral ball, the one that turns over, and he's gotten better at it. Um, but that's the adjustment with the Aussies is can they consistently turn the ball over? And I think Adam's showing he can do it. Cool. Thanks, That's Coach Craig Dickinson talking about uh, what's going on with uh, Philip Blake, 50-50 to play in this game. Lenius won't play. And uh, just getting set to face the Edmonton Elks. When we come back, we'll address a text we just got. You're listening to the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. I really don't want to be a downer. I, I really don't. Um, Like, we've had this... Uh, nationalized American and how the coaches are manipulating it, and kudos to them. It's not against the rules, but it just makes a mockery of the game. And we got this thing called Genius Sports with the stats, okay? Apparently, like, we got... is is Betting's big, too, right? Like, we have playnow.com in, in Saskatchewan, the only uh, legal online betting site to bet on games, right? Correct. Uh, uh, you got uh, betting sites all across Canada. Um, and maybe you want to bet on CFL games, which, by the way, I did. I bet on some prop bets tonight, okay? Uh-huh. Just a small five bucks, ten bucks, whatever. There are no live stats during the game. In week one of the CFL game number one, we are not going to... We'll have the stats after the game, but there will not be live stats going on for opening night. I... 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 I, I I'm kind of speechless. I'm kind of speechless. Like, I don't understand. You know, I, I believe they even, like, um, XFL games, they had live stats. USFL games, they had live stats. I know I don't want to compare this to those leagues, but, you know. We have to. If you have to compare if you compare it the other way, you got to compare it the other way. Exactly. If that's the, is that, if that's the truth, and I know it is, then, yeah. Like, so they like showed what, them right on the screen. So, like, what are we, what are we doing here? We're, you know. I don't know what we're the doing. Past, for the past months, we, we've been saying Canadian Football League, much more superior than these other leagues, and then this happens. It's, uh, help! Help me help you. Yeah, I know. You I, know? I, 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 Just like Jerry Maguire. Remember yeah, that movie? Yeah. Help me, Tom Cruise. Help you. And uh, who's the oh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah, Renee Zellweger. Um, That's all I got. This I from know. Brent Eckert, who was the guy who picked the score. He picked the Edmonton Elks to beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, thirty-one twenty-eight. Hey, you don't have to pick the Riders. We we're just wondering what you were doing. He said, "Ballsy, I'm picking with my head, not my heart." LOL. To which I replied, but I replied to you because you emailed it to me. Well, your head should tell you the Riders are the better team on paper. It's right there on paper. <laughs> Right there on paper, it tells you the the riders are better. No, sometimes you know, like the Edmonton are... Oilers could beat the Elks. I feel. Ooh, no, I'm joking. Wow. That's going to be a good game. It no. is going to be a good game. It's going to be a tight game. 
I don't see Edmonton winning by a field goal because, quite frankly, I don't know if I could trust their 36-year-old field goal kicker who the coach said who the coach said their target line for a field goal for him comfortably is the 40-yard line. Do you know what I hope more than anything hmm. happens? I hope that the Edmonton Elks have a decent crowd. They've got, they've got a great crowd. Apparently tonight's crowd in Calgary is not as good as we thought it might be. might be 20,000. Which is still better than what the Flames would get. The Ricky Ray heyday in Edmonton. Remember those crowds? Oh, never mind that. Way back in the day, 50,000. Yeah, I wasn't around then. 50,000. I wasn't around. <laughs> I'm talking about anyway, the Ricky Ray. Tonight, it's the Calgary Stampeders and the BC Lions. You can watch it on TSN. And we got the lead football analyst. He joins us every week, a couple times at least. And on our pregame show, Glenn Suter for Quality Tire. He's up next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 531 with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors. The garage door specialists, the Toronto Blue Jays, taking on the Houston Astros right now. And if the Blue Jays win tonight, well, they win the series. It's not looking so good right now, albeit still early. Top of two, Houston with a 2 to nothing lead over the Bluebirds. And Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final tonight. And it is down in South Beach. And let me tell you, the Florida Panthers, they need a win tonight. They need to win tonight if they have any kind of sniff at hoisting Lord Stanley this year. Let's be honest. Down two games to the Vegas Golden Knights. That's a 6 p.m. puck drop. Saskatchewan time. And the Regina Red Sox, well, they hope to play a baseball game tonight without being interrupted like they were last night. More on that coming up here in a few moments in the Red Sox report. Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. All right, and your Red Sox report is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Check out their menu, stop on in, and watch the Toronto Blue Jays. You can watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, any kind of sporting event that you want to watch. You can catch it at the CBH. All right, well, yes, the Red Sox, they do plan on playing a game tonight, and I'm looking at the weather radar right now, and as far as the radar goes, I do not see any rain in sight in the Regina area, more so out east near Fort Quapel and maybe around Wosley, Grenfell area. But as far as Regina goes, it looks like we're going to be in the clear tonight as far as the rain. So fingers crossed the Regina Red Sox getting set to take on the Moose Jaw Miller Express tonight, 7.05 p.m. opening pitch from the friendly confines of Curry Field. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out of bounds. It's time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. All right, Glenn Suter joining us here for Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan to serve you. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Feels good, man. The CFL season is back. We got a great matchup. We do have a good matchup. In fact, a matchup with a tremendous amount of pressure on both teams. I, I you know, I can't think of a week one matchup in in recent memory that had sort of this much importance 
to both of these football teams to get off to a good start, to get off to 1-0. and You know, Edmonton at home struggling so badly over the last couple of years. The Riders, you know, with the changes that have been made and, the, you know, the switching at the quarterback position and all of the different uh, reasons for the pressure on both these teams in this game on Sunday. I, I think it's, it's um, I, I just, I don't know about you, Michael, but I, I can't remember a week one game that felt like this important to both teams. I've thrown, <laughs> a few, I've, I've thrown a few out for the Riders here in the last couple of days. Like when the Riders opened the stadium, uh, here, uh, that w- that's a different kind of pressure. It's not really pressure. You'd like to win your first game in your stadium. 2013, when you were hosting the Great Cup and Corey Chamberlain's second year, that was a big one. And the other one I can think of from a rider standpoint was 2010. It was the first game after the 13th man against the same opponent, Montreal, and and they got a 13-man penalty in that game. I think you and Chris were calling it. It went to overtime with the Richardson catching in the background uh, in the back of the end zone, but the Riders would win that game but other than that I can't think of from a rider perspective a bigger game and I know we say it's a marathon Glenn but for these two teams it almost feels like an 18 game sprint I don't want to be over dramatic but they need to get off to a good start I I really think so you know of all the teams in the league I think these two teams need to uh, get off to a good start it's going to be a competitive West division first of all we know that it's you know when you look at Winnipeg you look at BC you look at Calgary there's this is going to be a a competitive division all year long. And, you know, just with what's gone on in the last couple of years for both of these teams and disappointing seasons uh, last year for both teams, you know, I, I think Chris Jones is under the gun. I mean, he, he has been known as the mad scientist that builds his teams over two or three years. Then in year three or four, he really uh, starts to put those wins together. Well, it, it's that time for him. I mean, there is there is no mad scientist experiments that should be going on now. He should know his roster, he should have it, and he should be ready to go out and start winning games. And that's the pressure that he's under. Now, I don't know if that means, you know, if he gets off to a bad start, he'd be fired by Labor Day. I'm not saying that, and I'm not firing anybody on this show. But the bottom line is he has had his time now to build his roster. So this is his team. It's his stamp. It's his team and, you know, if there's more experiments and while we're trying this and we're going to do this and we're looking at maybe switch this guy from one side of the ball to the other, if that goes on and they keep losing, uh, that that's just not going to sit well at Edmonton. No, yeah, there's pressure in different aspects. I mean, we know what's uh, at stake here in Ryder Nation with uh, the coach and GM in the last year of their deal, and they want to get back to uh, probably being at the top of the attendance chart in the CFL. And for Edmonton, you got a crowd of uh, probably in excess of 30,000. The best way to sell more tickets is give them a good night and a win for a change. So it is a it is a big game. Can't wait for that. Um you know, and I, I look at the riders, though, of concern for me is their offensive line, the tackle spot, still in a bit of a, a state of flux here. That was the problem last year, Glenn. And, uh, you know, Philip Blake didn't practice yesterday. Not sure what the status is of him going forward. Of course, um, the big left tackle, Gerald Hawkins, is still down south personal uh, matters and we don't know if or when he's coming back and they lost two guys before that Patassi before camp and then uh, Tucker in camp with a leg injury so that's a concern for the Rough Riders but here's my question for you do you think a guy like Trevor Harris with his football IQ can can IQ his way out of offensive lineman difficulties at least early on in the year 
Well, I, I think he has the release to do it. He has the, as you mentioned, the, the football IQ where he can read a defense. I mean, we saw that in the preseason, that one series he had in Winnipeg where he hit Darrell Walker when it was full blitz on the line of scrimmage. He knew he couldn't block them all. He knew his old line would pick up their guy, but that still would leave one man free. So he knew he had to get rid of the ball in a hurry. Now, you know, I, I would go back and say that if, if the quarterback was still Cody Fajardo, and Cody Fajardo was completely healthy, could throw on the run like we've seen him, could run and stretch the corners if he gets in trouble, could run through the interior of the O-line when he sees the gap and use his legs as much as his arm, then I think you can you can help an O-line that way as well. But when he got hurt and half of that disappeared, that's what changed. So Harris is a different style but reading and understanding defense, not only that, Michael, but I think you've actually talked about it on your show, because I've, I've told you many times, I listen even when I'm not on, and I, I've, I've heard you talk about Harris and some of the old linemen saying that he is actually teaching them protections, and sometimes he'll remind them when he breaks the huddle of, of what they have and which direction they've got to go and things like that. You know, that that's a guy who's been around long enough to understand, look, I – I know all the positions. I know the protections that I need in a certain play. I'm not saying Cody didn't, but clearly there's a level of communication already open with the O-line. That's really going to help him. Godver is going to help him. I I think they're going to be better in game one than they were last year. And I know that might be not a a big headline news story right there, but – I think they'll be better. So uh, before we go to break here, I think one of the key matchups, and I'll have you on the pregame show to retake uh, some of these same points uh, uh, on our pregame show on Sundays. We do mm-hmm. kick off our pregame show with Glenn Suter. That's why we uh, we pay him the big bucks. We got the heavy hitter on the show. We love it. Okay, so um, I think the big matchup here for the Riders, if they can get the protection they need up front, Trevor Harris and some veteran receivers going against three rookies in the secondary for Edmonton. Now, they're going to have, obviously, uh, Luches, Purifoy, and Ed Ganey, two uh, veteran guys that know their way around the CFL landscape in the secondary. But just talk about three rookies in the secondary. They always say when you start a rookie, uh, you know that equates to a loss. Maybe not in this game, but you know what I mean? Well, yeah, absolutely. And and it'll be interesting to see what Chris Jones does because, you know, he has been known for his outside-of-the-box thinking on defense and often some real exotic-looking blitzes and things like that. Well, what do those blitzes do? They put their, their defensive backs in a very uh, tough situation. They, they really put the pressure on DBs. When you, when you run a lot of blitz where you're sending one more that they're blocking – you are putting your defensive secondary in one-on-ones. And that's where that matchup you're talking about really could favor the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. you got a lot of young guys. Are they going to be worried? It's game one of the season. Are they going to back off and give Darrell Walker and, and you know, guys like Winnicky more room? Or, you know, even with, with Purifoy and Ganey, I think both of those players, the veterans in that secondary – are guys that haven't been really known for their one-on-one type of lockdown DB, you know, reputation. I think their reputation is more in the ball hawk, uh, playmaking, tackling in the open field. They, you know, they can they can play the zone concepts very very well. They're both veterans and understand routes and how you know there's pattern reading going on all the time. If if there's an if there's a crossing route, there's got to be a post behind it. That kind of stuff. So. 
you know, I, I think their strength is that. So my question, you know, back to my original thought was that if Chris Jones feels like that's an issue and he wants to be careful there, then he might play a lot of zone looks, and that's where Trevor Harris just sits back and takes the takes the open holes. There's always an open hole in the zone. The field's too big yeah. to not have them. Yeah. And and a veteran quarterback can pick you apart. We're going to talk about the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders and something else I want to touch on with the lead football analyst in Canada. He is our Troy Aikman. He's Glenn Suter. And this is the Sports Cage for our friends at the Canadian Brew House on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders getting set to kick things off uh, here. Thursday night football in the CFL, and we are excited for another season in Calgary where it looks like it's going to be a, a decent crowd, too, on a what's supposed to be a pretty good night in Cowtown. Uh, what do you make of these two teams, Glenn Suter? Weather is beautiful. Um, you know, I think both quarterbacks are an interesting story. We'll get into those uh, in the telecast. Jake Mayer and, and Vernon Adams, you know, I... When I look at some of the playmakers for the Lions, I, I get pretty excited if I'm a fan. And Lucky Whitehead and Dominic Rimes. I mean, remember, Dominic Rimes had over 1,400 yards last year. He was number two in the league. And I'm not sure there's a better receiver in the league when it comes to those 50-50 balls to jump up and, and you know, out-jump or out-rebound kind of thing, a defensive back. So, you know, those are exciting players to watch. Kadeem Carey. Uh, you know, I think you mentioned earlier in the week when you were breaking down running backs, you feel like he may be the best in the league. And he and he with Peyton Logan is a is a good one to punch too. So yeah, there's there's some playmakers out here. You know, I, I'm looking forward to this start. I think the Lions had the, the, the stamps number last year, including that playoff game. And this is Mayor's team now. So Jake Mayer is now the guy with the keys to the car. And let's see how he handles that in, in game one. Glenn, um, when this nationalized American came into play, um, I was concerned about it, and you were taking a positive approach in the in the fact that it was designed to allow uh, a guy who let's I'm just going to throw a name out there, okay? Like a Willie Jefferson that's been in the league at least five years uh, with the same team three years, he could come in and replace a Canadian. It would prolong a guy that's been in a in a market, a community like an Adam Big Hill or you know, I, I mean, I could throw out a bunch of different names, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, a Stanley Bryan. I'm, I'm using bombers here, but they got an older, experienced team, a Reggie Bagleton in Calgary. But <laughs> we used to have Americans. Uh, and nationals. Now it's Americans, nationals, and globals. And now there are nationals, Americans, globals, designated Americans, designated nationalized Americans, and designated nationals. I saw the depth chart for Calgary and BC. Your great network, TSN, picked Kadeem Carey as the third best player in the league. They agreed with my assumption that he's the best running back, yet he starts as a backup on the roster today albeit for one play so that the coaches who they're not doing anything wrong glenn these are the mm-hmm. rules the the players association had to sign up for this but this my friend is making a mockery a mockery of the game and maybe rider fans are a little bit more in tune with the league but i sat in the crowd and watched practice and a couple of the guys are like can you explain this to me michael and i'm like i i can't really explain it to you it's crazy glenn yeah, it's it's um, 
Well, I'll just I'll just be quite frank. I I don't like it. Uh, I've not been a fan. Um, I'm not sure why we're approaching it as a league this way. I say we because we're all stakeholders in the league. Yep. But but you know I just I, I just think I, I'll put it to you this way from a TSN meeting perspective. I I think we've decided at this point we're not even going to deal with it. Really, I think it's it's too hard to try to explain. I'm not even sure I have a handle on it, and I've been studying it back backwards and forwards. I'm ne- not sure how the league is going to actually police this when you've got 23 plays that a guy can play and you got to count them all, and there's different players that are subbed in and out for a Canadian or or an American or whatever. I, I You know, the, the, two, the two premises is the, this one that they currently have, I think, has really been – been uh you know initiated because coaches when they lose canadians to injury in the game have said it's very difficult to maintain the high standard that because there is a developmental aspect to the canadian element and the canadian ratio which i'm proud of which i think should be very important and part of our league but that 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 means that there's a guy on the roster let's say a backup d lineman or maybe a backup guard on offense that is not quite ready to start. And he's a backup because they need a backup Canadian, but he's not quite ready. So when they lose a starter who is good at in positions as any American on the roster, and they lose a Canadian starter to injury, the, the, the level can drop at that position a little more than they're comfortable with. So that's the balancing act they're trying to find because with limited – uh, Canadians, uh, you know, that they have on the roster, they've got to have you. We always talk about it. If you start a Canadian, you have to have one to back them up. So basically, I think that's why this initiative has happened. But it's got so convoluted that I, I'm not sure how it'll be measured, how it'll be policed, um, how they're even going to execute. How is the coach, with all the other things he's thinking about, going to try and figure this out, too? I, I just. I don't get it. What I would be okay with discussing, I don't know if it's even one that we push through, is just the straight one nationalized player who is an American on the same team, let's say, for five years, a Brian Burnham, you know, uh, a guy that has been in the community even, add that element too. You know, this would be where Ron Lancaster would have been one of these guys. You know, George Reed would have been one of these guys where – after five years, he can become, if he stays on your team, he can become a Canadian spot. He can take one of those Canadian spots or sub in for one of them, any position. So, you know, I think that could be discussed. And that's it, though. No, And, and, and when you do that, Michael, you also add two Canadian uh, players to the roster. So instead of 44, we got 46 now. So uh, Total roster. But so, Glenn, I, uh, I hear what you're saying, okay? This is where yeah. I this is where I scratch my head. Back in the Riders' heyday, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Remember when everybody broke their leg uh, in two thousand and eight for the Riders? Even mm-hmm. two thousand and nine, they started more Canadians than they had to. And I think back in those days, when uh, when TSN, when you were just starting at TSN, those were some of the boom years for ratings. If we want to talk business side and. Canadians, there were more Canadian starters on rosters, okay? So there's that, unless I'm way off base, but I think I'm right there. And 
All I've been told in the last five years, doesn't matter what coach I talk to, whether it's Dickinson, Jones, Campbell, uh, whatever GM, the Canadian talent has never been better. The Canadian coaching has never been better. We've had more guys drafted Canadians in the NFL than ever before. Not to mention all eight Regina Rams, just talking locally, are beginning the season. Well, seven and then the coach, uh, Mueller, are beginning a season on a CFL roster just from little old Regina. I am not buying the narrative that there's not enough Canadian talent uh, or, or, or there, or somebody's not being truthful that maybe the talent isn't as good and they're just paying us lip service. No, the talent is as good and the talent gets better every year and the talent is outstanding. And I, I go back and, and we could go over great cup after great cup where it's often a Canadian who becomes the star of the game, the guy who makes that big play. Robbie Smith is the guy who blocked the Winnipeg field goal attempt. Enoch Moamba. Enoch Moamba. Exactly, exactly. You know, I think back to 1989, the first guys that come to my mind are Jeff Fairholm and Ray Elgard. You know, I those are this. this is what... This is what you and I have talked about for years and years. And the successful coaches, the successful coaches in the history of Canadian football lean into and appreciate the importance of the Canadian ratio and how those players, when given the right opportunity and good coaching, can quickly develop into stars of the league. And that's compared to any other guy with any other passport. So the L guards and those guys, they are as good as any receiver that the riders have had in their history. And if, you know, L guard had to make the team and he had to develop a little bit, those guys that came up from Alabama and Oklahoma and all those places, they were just a a fraction ahead because of their development and all the money that's been in football in the United States when they first arrived. But because of the ratio, it gives that Canadian a little more time, and then he becomes a star with a vested, heartfelt interest in Canadian football and a chance to play in front of their fans, their people, and then make the big play in a Grey Cup game with over 10 million people in this country watching. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm with you 100%. You know, to me... We don't have to do anything with the ratio. We don't have to mess with it. We don't have to do the Canadian to switch up the numbers. Um, the best coaches in the league, and Don Matthews, Wally Buono, always played with more than they were than the quota. Every year they play with more than the quota mm-hmm. because they find because they found good ones. They leaned into the ratio. Michael O'Shea will play more than the quota if he has to. Like Mike. They don't complain and try to hide Canadians. They develop them and put them on the field and make them stars. This, That's what happens. This is the leading uh, radio show for CFL football. So uh, you know, I, I don't. I've made a pact to myself this year not to be negative all the time. But I do think when things need to be called out, like this mockery of the game, in my opinion, I think it needs to be called out. But having said all that, I'm excited for the best professional football league in the world in terms of excitement to kick off tonight. And I can't wait to uh, check out your call. Thank you, sir. And you're right. It is the best game on the field on the planet. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.